This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode number 378 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. What up, John? We survived the holidays. We did. We haven't recorded in three weeks, so we have a little bit to discuss. Um, But uh, yeah, got through the holidays just fine. I had a good one. You had a good one. We talked a little bit before we started recording, so... Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I definitely had a good holiday, and oh, you know what? I did. I meant to mention this to you. We get a real tree every year because that's my preference. Okay. And we got it on Thanksgiving Day this year, which was, I believe, the twenty third. So it was up for a good long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we we were gonna leave it up to my family party on the thirtieth, and as I told you, that didn't happen. We delayed it, and then so we were gonna leave it up for another week to this past weekend but then when we decided to cancel because of the storm we just took the tree down Hmm. when i took the tree out okay i i you know i I water my tree Uh my tree had plenty of water in it Uh uh-huh plenty of water was drinking plenty of water it was so brittle that needles weren't falling off entire branch pieces broke off wow I have never seen that happen before. Well, like a whole branch broke off as opposed to needles falling off. Like, and it was so firm that I couldn't like push it through a doorway and the branches bend and move. They were like, no, we're just going to snap off. (laughs) Like it was wild, quite frankly. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I've ever had a tree do that. I haven't. And I've had a real tree now. Uh, for the last, well, since 98, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, since I moved out of the house. So, you know, that's 26, 25, 26 Christmases. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of 26, 25, 26 years, uh, my lamp that I bought at Linens and Things that had no shade, <sighs> grass lamp. Uh-huh. And I bought the shade for it, and then uh-huh. I spray painted it. The uh-huh. lamp I bought in 1998 uh-huh. broke broke yesterday. Wow! the The lamp pole broke right off of the st- base. 98. Yeah, I bought it in 98 at Linens and Things. Oh, that was two years before I worked there. I know. I know. So but it yeah. broke yesterday. I, I don't think you're going to be able to get a return. Well, seeing how the store went out of business years ago. But yeah, it just sheared right off. It was legitimately the damnedest thing. What's going on in your house? Your tree, your lamp, everything's just snapping. I don't know. But it's weird, though, because it really, like, you're looking at it. It's like, okay, this wasn't cemented on. It wasn't glued. Clearly, this was like, but it's just broke. Just broke. 
Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Use that lamp every day, literally every day. And now I can't, obviously. What are you going to do? Got to buy a new lamp or. We have this old hanging light that the cord needs to be replaced on. That was like Kate's grandmother's. And we thought mm-hmm. about just hanging that up over in that corner where we usually have the lamp. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. It's times are changing. Yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because about. Oh, I don't Six, seven months ago, it had two pull cords, one for each bulb. Mm-hmm. Pull cords broke right off when I went to step it on. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, not like halfway, like up inside the fixture. Oh, oh well, that's never turning on again. <laughs> Which is fine because I usually only put one bulb on anyway. So I had to just rotate the lamp around so that bulb was now in the back. And But still, so it's like, oh, well, it is what it is. Hmm. So, you want to talk about some shows and stuff? Yeah. Um, I I tried to keep the best record that I could of everything that I watched. We watched a lot of stuff. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. So, I watched a... Uh, the end. Uh, here's your spoiler warning now. I know we give one at the beginning. like, But we're not going to wait to the end for like anything except... Yeah. We're just going to do movie, TV shows, movies, trailers, and news, and that's the end of it. So, like, Doctor Who, like, anything like that. It's been long yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Just, yeah. So, just get that out of the way. Um, I watched an extraordinary amount of wrestling. Okay. Well, for over, you. Over the new, no, no, no. Over the New Year's, there was a ton of wrestling to watch. Uh, all these different promotions and everything. I mean, on January 4th, I even, on Wednesday night, I went to bed at a little after 10, right after AEW wrestling got over, and I got up at 1.30 in the morning to watch Wrestle Kingdom 18 live from Tokyo, Japan, and I got over at a little after 7 in the morning, and I went to bed, took a nap for a few hours, and then got up and had my day. I mean, like, I watched an extraordinary amount of wrestling uh, over these last three weeks, especially over the... uh, New Year's weekend, holiday weekend, and everything like that. So, yeah. Um, did you also get shows and movies in, or was this just like a, okay? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, but I'm just saying, like, I, on top of everything else I watched, I watched an extraordinary amount of wrestling. Gotcha. Uh, for Christmas, uh, my mom got me the uh, original, I got me a Twilight Zone collection. Hmm. So I actually now have I she got me uh the original series cuz back on like I think in November they had or even Octo- October they had uh Prime Day and the 2000 series, the original series and the 2019 series they all had wicked good prices on them and my, I told my mom that's what I want for Christmas. So she got me those and then after Christmas I ordered myself the um Oh, so mom got me. I my mom my mom got me the the original run, the '80s and the 2019 series. I bought myself the the 2000 season that was on UPN. Okay. Um, because it's kind of out of print, so you have to buy used copies, or whatever. New mm-hmm. copies are really expensive, but I got one off the off the eBay. 
And then I bought Twilight Zone the movie, and I got uh, Rod Serling's Lost Classics hmm. or something of that nature. Twilight Zone the Lost episodes or whatever. There was two two scripts they found of his that were never produced <laughs> in the '90s, so they made them. And James Earl Jones is like the host of it or whatever. So I, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like. Your mom got you this for Christmas. Did all of these things collectively get bought at Christmas, or you say you already had some of this and then your mom nope, added to it? My mom got me those for Christmas. Yep. And then my mother in law gave me some Christmas money and I bought the other three Twilight Zone things okay. I didn't have. Okay. And, so it all did come in around Christmas. Yes. I'm still waiting for the Rod Serling Twilight Zone Lost Episodes DVD to come in the mail, but Twilight Zone, the movie came in the mail today. And uh, yeah. So I have. All of that. I have the whole Twilight Zone package now. So I started watching Twilight Zone when my wife was in the room, and now she's like enjoys watching it. So we're watching the original run together, and it's it's fun just to throw on, watch an episode or two, and kind of supplement what or else we're watching because uh, we're also watching Cold Case together. Hmm. It's on HBO Max. It's it's a really good show. Did you did you ever watch that back in the day? I don't think I, you did. I did not. No. Yeah. We're on the fourth season. We're digging it. It's fun to watch together. Nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, Twilight Zone, there's some like, we're on the first season still. And there's several episodes that we've come across that I remember very vividly. And then there's some I just don't remember at all. And that's what's fun. So. How long was that on the air? Uh,. I think it was five seasons from 1959 to 1964. Okay. Uh, seasons one, two, three, and five were like half-hour episodes. In season four, they made hour-long episodes. <laughs> so and they season, tried that on season four and then went, nope, yep. and went back to half-hour for season it, five. It was a network decision to do the the hour-long, and, and yeah, it was not well-received. Okay. Yep. So... And I watched all of the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. And I watched a few episodes of the 20 of the 2000s Twilight Zone on UPN. I don't remember watching any of the 80s Twilight Zone. So oh. I'm kind of excited to go through it all. I, I mean, I watched a, Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah, I was more of an amazing stories person back then, back in the 80s. I see Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt I, I was really watching that. And uh, Amazing Stories is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another anthology series I I, I watched uh, Monsters. Do you remember? Do you remember that one? See, all I'm thinking of is Little Monsters right now. No. Nope. Yeah, I don't I don't remember how long that one was on, but those all those like at one point we had like like they did Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had the original one on reruns, Amazing Stories, Tales from the Crypt. Um, but yeah, it was called it was called Monsters. Okay. I think I remember watching it in reruns on like the USA Network even. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find it here. Here we go. Monsters, American TV series from 1988 to 1991. Uh, Agura, Tales from the Dark Side, the previous project produced by Richard Rubenstein. Um, Unlike tales that sometimes featured science fiction and fantasy stories, 
oh sorry unlike tales which featured sci-fi and fantasy monsters were strictly horror so yep but i remember watching that uh ray bradbury theater yeah there was a lot of anthology shows on yes back in the late 80s early 90s quite frankly Mm mm-hmm Um, do you watch anything that stands out that you want to start talking about? Um, if I'm looking at stuff that you probably didn't watch, um, I will say that we binged the first season of the Witcher because Julia had never seen it. And I was like, I think you'll like it. And we basically did like a flip of a coin between that, uh, magicians and outlander. And we went with Witcher and she really enjoyed it. Um, it's much better the second time you watch through, if you already know that the timelines are off and I told her right from the jump, I didn't let her sit through it. I was like, no, this is the way that it works. And so she's like, okay. And then it's easier to pick up on some of the stuff. Like, you know, in the second episode, he's walking down the street and they're talking about how the lioness of Sintra just had her first big victory, which Siri was talking about in the first episode. So you could pick up right then and there and be like, oh, this is a different timeline, but they never explicitly said it. You know, if they just put something at the bottom of the screen, like, you know, 50 years ago or something like that, it would have yeah helped us a little bit more, but um, it's still solid. Um I remember I've only watched the first two seasons. I never watched the third one and I will not watch the fourth one. Cause that's the one where they put a Hemsworth in place. Um, but it's still a solid show. Uh, still liked it quite a bit. Although <clears throat> there are a number of themes in there that I'm just not a fan of, you know, the whole, uh, I've never liked the trope of in Yen's story where she she's like I'll do anything to be a mage and I I want to be beautiful and powerful and he's like we're going to take out your ability to have babies and she's like I don't care and he's like okay so he does so and then she starts yearning for a baby I want a baby I want to get fixed they took this away from me well no you gave it away like you literally said please do this to me I don't care the cost and now you're like they stole it from me <sighs> I mean, yes, technically they, they took it, but you asked them to, you demanded that he do it. He said, I can't do this. And you were like, no, you will do it or else. So, but the whole trope of like, you know, oh, I can't have a baby. So now I want one. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a hard tired to feel trope. bad. It's a tired trope. I think that it's been overdone. Um, yeah. Hard, hard to feel bad in that case, you know? Yeah. Uh, what was really fun was we had seen a clip on uh, TikTok of uh, Yelena from Hawkeye, you know, Florence Pugh's character. And Julia was like, that looks like fun. And I'm like, well, Hawkeye is very fun. And uh, it's a Christmas show because it all takes place at Christmas. So it was the Christmas season. I was like, let's fucking watch Hawkeye. And that was delightful. And now tomorrow Echo comes out. So kind of got a good tie in right there. I'm looking forward to Echo. Um, and we're now four episodes into Blue Eye Samurai. And that is fucking great. I've heard some good stuff about that. It is really well done. The characters are great. The dialogue is snappy. Um, the animation is phenomenal. Uh, I think you'd like it. it. It's a really good story. It's a really good anime. 
What else? Yeah, I'll have to check it out. All right, let's see here. Uh, Where's my list? I um, okay. Oh, so Letter Kenny, the final season came out. Yep. I watched all eight episodes in pretty much a day, an evening. Um, I enjoy the show thoroughly. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely enjoy the show thoroughly. But yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot that can be frustrating with how they tell their stories and how long it takes to get to the overarching story, as opposed to where they just treat it like it's a once a weeker type of thing. Mm, I get. So you're not talking the characters themselves. You're talking the writers of the show. Uh, yes, yes. I'm talking about how they tell their story in the show. Gotcha. I thought you were saying so, it's frustrating how the characters tell stories to each other. Oh, no, no, no. But but yeah, no. So that uh, but that's all done. That was the season, the series finale, the last series. Um, it's I can't say it's something I'd go back and watch again. But I enjoyed it while it was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other show, the little spinoff show they do, Shorzy, I, I enjoy much, much more better, much thoroughly, more thoroughly. That one I would watch again. So I know they're filming a third season of that one right now. So I'm looking forward to that one when that whenever that comes out. Nice. Uh, let's see. Um, Kate and I uh, <coughs> finished up uh, A Murder at the End of the World. Oh, I never went back to that. Did it have a good payoff? Oh, hey, honey, did it have a good payoff? Nope. Mm. Yeah. Then I'm not yep. going to go it back. It was really frustrating, actually. I'll tell you what happened. The little kid murdered everybody with the help of his AI robot that told him what to do. Seriously? Yes. What? Please explain this, because that's so bothersome. The AI robot, so yeah. the AI robot is super intelligent, but doesn't have feelings. And his creator slash master, you know, is used him as like a therapy, a therapist. And like, so when the AI robot viewed something that was a threat to his master, his creator, then he, uh, you know, he eliminated that threat, but he didn't kill anybody. He just persuaded the how old, six year old, eight year old, six or eight year old child to do the murders. He might've been five. So a six-year-old boy, because I've watched up to like episode seven. So a six-year-old boy was able to do things like overpower a a grown man and inject him with morphine in his arm. Didn't overpower him. And it was in the leg, not the arm. No, it was in the arm because she specifically made a a mention of the fact that, you know, he was right-handed. Why would he have track marks in his right arm? Well, he didn't overpower the kid. They were, you know, they just the kid just did it. <laughs> just walked up to him and went, I'm going to stab you now. Uh. Well, no, but the guy wasn't paying attention. The kid did it while the guy was distracted or whatever. They showed it and they made it seem realistic. Dude, if they showed that he stabbed him in the leg, because you're saying leg, if they actually showed that it stabbed him in the leg, then that's. I don't remember. It, it, it doesn't shit. matter. They just they just showed they just showed it. So it made it seem believable that this is what happened. Okay. Same thing with how, like, the kid made the power shut off, so it automatically shut off the girl's mask and how she died. And the same thing that the kid, like, used the the friggin' remote thing to make the guy's pacemaker shut off and, and on and on and on. And 
So the, the whole, AI, the, it the sounds AI like the, is one that guided him to do it. Yeah, it, it sounds like the whole purpose of this show was to preach to us that AI is too dangerous for anyone. Basically, I guess. Because they're essentially saying the AI made this kid a murderer. It got to just a little kid. You should not have AI. I don't know. They didn't actually push that. They definitely made it seem like there's going to be more than one episode because, like, the movie ends more than one season because the TV show ends with, like, the girl reading from her new book, which is all about the murder at the end of the world. And yeah, it was very unfulfilling. If they make another season, I won't watch it. Okay. I'm not going to go back and finish it now. Cause that's just awful. I tried like four times to watch the seventh episode. Like I'd start watching it. Then I get distracted and walk away and I'd come back like an hour or two later and be like, Oh shit, I was watching this. What happened? And I'd rewind and try. <clears throat> yeah. I never did it. Yeah, you shouldn't bother. Good, I won't. Have you been no, watching you... any of uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians? Nope, and I probably won't. Four episodes in, it's great. It's actually really well done. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I watched the movie and I was like, boy, this is really truncated because I knew it was based on a book. So they like skipped over a lot of stuff. And they also had like the kids supposed to be 12. They're all supposed to be like 12 year old kids. And in the yeah. movie, like one of the 12 year old kids was played by Alexandra Daddario. And, and no, that's not happening. So this is much more close to the book in that respect. Uh, but I've really been enjoying it. It's It's got some good production value. Uh, I'm a big Greek mythology fan anyway. And uh, yeah, I really like it, honestly. It's, it's kid friendly, but at the same time, I'm enjoying it as an adult. Yeah. Yep. Cool. No, I, I, um, I just, yeah, I didn't watch the movie. Uh, uh, reading the, the synopsis, or whatever, doesn't really do a whole lot for me. So I just, eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll continue to tell you that it's really good really good it's a good show is it is it a good is it a good movie movie it's a good movie oh i heard that's a good movie oh did you ben did you did you watch it ben no oh what i heard <laughs> it's a good movie. are you caught up on quantum leap i am all caught up on quantum leap tell me your thoughts oh He's a crow. I think it was what two um, episodes. There was the witch trial, and then the. I didn't care for the witch trial episode. I thought that was. I'm not going to say I thought it was dumb. I just didn't care for the witch trial episode. It didn't do a lot for me. The way that he kept like defying them, and he's like, "No, this is what I got to do." And they're like, "Look, you literally just have to get her out of town." But I can't leave someone behind, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care a whole lot for the witch trial episode. I thought it was just okay. What about the Nazi episode? So that one I enjoyed a whole lot, um, and I like that we got what's her name back. And I've, that's terrible, but I can't think of her name. Right. Um, I really enjoyed that she came back for another episode. This is three now that we've seen her. 
<clears throat> yes, I know, and I really like how they work to get together this time. And she picked him out immediately, which well, no, so which is funny because she said like like Ben, he's like yes, <laughs> oh thank God. You know, people I've said that to knowingly, and they just walk away. So mm-hmm. like that's true. It's yes. been like another five years. And she's legit in love with this person that she's never seen the real person. So she's in love with him, his spirit, if you will. I like that Addison realizes that. And that's why the, you know, Ziggy uh, or whatever, the quantum leap accelerator keeps putting them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Nazi story was really good of like, because it, when does it take place in the 70s, 60s? Uh, yeah, I think it was the 70s. Maybe it was the 60s. They're but in- I like, I like. Yeah, I like I like how we like have, you know, the, the hidden Nazis. Yeah. Um, because that was a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I like a whole lot about it. Lou Diamond Phillips. I mean. Oh, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips was great. Um, let's see here. Hannah. 1961 in Egypt. That's yeah. where it takes place. Hannah Carson is that character. Yeah. So what's interesting, you said Hannah. Yeah. No, oh, she was on the Orville for one episode. So they first met in 1949 in New Mexico. And then again in 1955. Mm-hmm. So six years. And then now again in 1961. So six years. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> So Tom gives that at the, at the end. Tom's like, I think I know a way to bring Ben home. He, no, like they had to give us a, a good cliffhanger before going on hiatus. Oh, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I um, I like how Ben was just like, well, you know what? If I'm stuck here, I'm stuck here. No big deal. I guess you and I will just be together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he almost but was. Like, yeah, well, in the previous, in the original run, if you remember, when Sam was in the person's body, they were in the imaging chamber. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that is not the case now, but they're like buried down inside or whatever it is. So she is in her, what do we figure now, 30s, maybe 40, probably it's like got to be in her mid, mid 30s, mid, mid 30s and 61 then in the future, she's probably dead. I mean, that would make her like 85. Well, no, more in than 91, if she's in her mid-30s, adds two years to that. That puts yeah. her in her 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So she's probably no longer among the living. But they wouldn't be right. setting this up like that. Like three different episodes, they would not be setting this up if there wasn't going to be some kind of a payoff. I still have this feeling like she's another leaper. Well, but that's the one of the things that they said in this episode. I remember specifically, it's like they Could made the comment. Well, yeah, I think I thought they said evil leaper, quite frankly. They might, um, yeah. but it, they made a point of saying like, yeah, no, there's no way she can be a leaper as well. But because, they didn't even know about the other guy in season one. Right, but now they do, and just like. By looking, I think it's because they've been able to follow Hannah's life by looking back and see what she's done. So it's not like this person's leaping around into Hannah's body 
every single time because, but then again, maybe this person is, I don't know. Here's what I do know. I enjoy her character. I really like the show much more than I thought I would. Mm, uh, because it's not, it is a continuation of the original story. It's not a reboot or a remake. Right. And they have successfully managed to kind of reimagine how things happen successfully. Mm-hmm. And they've tied it in with the original by bringing back characters, bringing back plot points. Like yeah. they, they've completely linked them to each other. And I really like that. Oh, Kate and I are watching Fargo season five. eh? yeah. Is that so good? Yeah, it's still good. This is actually, in all seriousness, this is probably the best season of the five seasons. Mm-hmm. I still love the strong uh, care. I can't think of her name right now in the first season. I, I still love her character. I think she's fantastic. But this is probably the best season so far, even though it frustrates me at times because mm-hmm. of uh, John Hamm's character and his his pigheadedness and his he thinks like he rules this county like he's the dictator of the county because he's the sheriff and he's like the fifth generation Roy to be the sheriff of this town and on and on and on. And, and the domestic violence aspects of it that we're seeing is, is, is very un- unsettling or whatnot. Um, I am very excited to see where the story goes. <coughs> and, I'm, and I am very much looking forward to... Um, yeah. Nice. Very I much. St- I still haven't picked it up yet. Yeah. It's good. I like it. That's why I, I'm trying to be vague. We uh we watched the Hannah Waddingham Christmas special that was on Apple. I watched a bunch of so I don't have Apple right now. I got to get a month because I want to watch the Monarch TV series now that it's all done. Hmm. But I saw a lot of clips of that. That looked awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, Like bringing in a lot of characters from uh, a lot of the actors from Ted Lasso. Um, There were a lot of good musical numbers. There was a lot of humor. Uh, Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was it was fun. It was a nice Christmas special. You know, definitely something you want to watch in the Christmas season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I a lot of it, um, a lot of what I looked at, uh, of clips I saw that it looked really good. Nice. So Kate and I watched all of School Spirits. And? I definitely did not like it as much as you. Okay. Uh, at one point, I was like, I just want to know what happened. Uh, and then when we got the season finale, I went, fuck this fucking shit. That's bullshit. (laughs) Did you now? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now why did you feel that it was bullshit? Um, I had a lot of issues with all the, all the, the ghosts, all the spirits, uh, for some reason, listening to this teacher because he was a teacher mm-hmm. and it's almost like they've been dead for 60 years or more, some of them. And yet they continue to listen to this teacher. Um, why? I mean, at some point, one of them would have been like, oh, wait, I don't need to listen to you and do what you say. And 
and do mock stuff and role play shit. Like I, I, I just don't have to do that. Um, the other issue is somehow Peyton List's character, can't think of her name, could see the ghosts even though she was alive. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're talking the end, the twist at the end. Yeah. She could suddenly see them and, and Janet or Janice ran into her mm-hmm. and pushed her spirit out. So she's not actually dead, but her soul is not in her body. And this right. ghost is now possessing her body and like being a shithead. So the ghost traded places with her. Like the ghost entered her body and her essence came out, like you said. So she is in effect a ghost is what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. So that's why she can see all of them, talk to them. She behaves the same way as them because she's essentially a ghost, except that it's just that her body has been hijacked by another ghost. And she can see her best friend there that she that they have that strong because they have that strong connection. Mm-hmm. No, I I uh, I was not impressed with the twist. I thought it was kind of cheap as a cheap, lazy way of how we can get a second season out of this show. Um, I don't know. I didn't like it. Didn't like interesting. it at all. That's interesting. Uh, no, nope. I loved it. I uh, I thought that the twist was great because the whole season. I felt like they were dropping little breadcrumbs here and there about it without actually shining a spotlight. Like you were spending so much time trying to figure out, was it this person that did it? Was it this person that did it? And that got a little annoying after a while, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were dropping the little breadcrumbs, like, you know, how they introduced the idea that the teacher was like, oh, yeah, she, you know, that Jan, uh, what was it, Janice? Janice, you know, Janice, whatever. She got Janet, sucked off. She, Yeah, she got sucked off. And. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. And I want to get there. You know, at first he was like, yes, this is what we all aspire to. But then when, you know, they start moving in that direction, he's like, "Uh, well, yeah, we'll see what we can do. We'll try, you know. And there started to be a little, like, cracks in the story. But how are none of them suspicious that Janet gets sucked off the same exact time this new girl gets murdered? Murdered. Didn't he tell them that Janet had been sucked off well before. Like they were talking about how she had been sucked off a while back. Well, here's the other thing. Like they alluded to these experiments he was doing and this and that and everything. And yes, they did allude to that because she appeared to be just a shadow. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, like it's like, Hey, we're going to introduce some lore to this story that we have not talked about at all, all season long. Mm-hmm. And just throw it out in your face in the last like three minutes of the show and just and say, all right, if you want to know more, watch the next season. If we have one, like, I, I don't know. I just, it really, it's, it's like they had, we're going in a direction. Like say there's eight episodes. I can't remember how many they are. I believe there were eight. Yeah. For, for seven and a half episodes, they're going in one direction. And then someone goes, Hey, what if we do this? And then the <laughs> other guy was drunk and said, that's a great idea. And they completely twisted and changed what they were going to do in the final moments. And um, because it's like, wow, this show is actually really popular. Might get picked up for a second season. Oh, shit. What are we going to do? We actually had a finality of who murdered her. I know. Let's do this. I just I didn't I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. See, I disagree. I, I get what you're saying. And I've seen plenty of times that we've talked about that kind of stuff where it's like, why the fuck would you do this? Um, right. But I feel like the shadowy character, 
um, all these little hints that they were dropping about the the teacher feeling a little bit more sketchy as we went along. I feel like they did have this in mind the whole time. You know, there's a reason that she's the only ghost that they, or I'm making air quotes, the only ghost that has ever been able to talk to somebody from the uh, land of the living. You know, no other ghost has ever been able to do that. So there was something unique about her to begin with. And they're like, oh, it's because she has a strong connection with him. No, it's because she's not technically dead. And she's her body is still out there that is connected to him. So there were a lot of things that by the sum of them, by the time we got to the end, I was looking at it like, oh, they kind of put this under our nose the whole time. And then, you know, said, oh, you didn't know. You're right. They never said anything about possession. They never said anything about a ghost being displaced or anything like that. But the fact that there was never a body, nobody could ever find a body. Where's the body? Who's got the body? There's no body. Um, Right. And that shadowy figure, very lithe, very, you know, short, young, um, doing stuff for Cobra Kai, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I had just, I didn't. I I liked it. I like I like how it started, and I like some of the storyline progression. And I liked like how the jock and his mom and the realization he only played football for her and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I liked a lot of the story they told. I just didn't like how they handled why Peytonless character was there. Maddie. I like that. Oh, she could only see Maddie. She could only see her friend in rooms where the other people had died. Yeah, I thought that was great. There was a lot I liked about it. Uh, but then at the same time, it was uh, there was enough that I didn't that it was a shitter get off the pot. Let me know what happened. And then when they finally like reveal their ending, I just like it was a fuck this type response. <laughs> for me. And my wife, quite frankly. So. All right. Well, that means that when season two comes out, I'll just let you know what's going on. Yeah, I think that's for the best. Yeah. Because I did see it got renewed for a second season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it had ended on that, I would have been pretty pretty pissed. But. Let's see here. You know, we have not watched more than the first episode of um, Oak Island. <laughs> <laughs> and when we sit down to watch a show... Really, the last thing we think about watching is Oak Island. It never comes up. No? Nope. Never does. That's sad that it's gotten to that point, but, I mean, I get your reasoning. It is a little sad, quite frankly. It is a little sad. Because we loved it so much. We loved the show so much that we went and toured Oak Island. We drove to Nova Scotia. Bought tickets in February for August and drove or whatever it was September, drove to Nova Scotia so we could take the tour of the island. And we loved it. And we loved that weekend vacation getaway. And we still talk about our experience on and how much we enjoyed it. And then we hate watch the show and we'd watch it like <laughs> this last season. Right. Yeah, I remember the, now the this cracks season, in the armor were showing up last season. I, I almost feel like we could watch it this week, put on this week's episode and we didn't miss a damn thing because they would have recapped everything, the most important parts of everything these last several weeks that we haven't watched it. That's sad. 
Yeah. Because we liked the show so much. Yeah. Like we have missed seven episodes. <clears throat> and I feel like if we just watched episode nine this week when it came out tomorrow night, we would be all caught up. We wouldn't have missed a thing. And I bet they still wouldn't have found anything. <sighs> Not big mounds of treasure. Have you watched any of season two of What If? I have not. No, I've watched I actually the first kind story. of forgot about it. What'd you think of it so far? Eh, it's it's not gripping me like the last season did. Like it kind of like you with Oak Island. I'm not hate watching it. I'm not at that point. But like every time we'd sit down and watch something, I'm like, well, I mean, we've got all the episodes of What If. Mm, nah. Yep. So it's not that it's bad. It's just, you know, the first one was what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps and then Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest, you know, so it assumes that Ego got to Peter first or, you know, Yondu didn't have a change of heart, took Peter to to Ego. And now Peter's been kind of running through the galaxy, destroying planets on his behalf. Um, I wanted to see the third one was what it was. Uh, what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? Because I was like, oh, that'll be cool. And it was very much a uh, diehard themed thing. They brought Justin Hammer back. Uh, with, That's cool. With the original actor playing him. Um, and, I like that. Yeah. And he was kind of taking over Stark Tower or Avengers Tower. And Happy got injected accidentally with some uh, some bad stuff. And yeah, it was fun. But Nothing this season has made me like, oh, I can't wait to watch the rest of this. So, yeah. The only other two so, shows that I've got are Reacher and Doctor Who. What else have you got? All right. Uh, so Kate and I started watching a new show. Uh, we started watching one called Fool Me Once on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those car. Uh, what's his name? Oh, this is something Hoban's an author. I don't know. Harlan Coben. Okay. Like Netflix has done like nine of his books, a series now. So you had to have heard at least one at some point. Um, A family's been shaken by two murders. Maya Stern watches security footage of her house and sees her murdered husband. Joe back as an intruder. Meanwhile, Abby and Daniel, her niece and nephew, are trying to find the truth about the murder of their mother and seeing possible connections between both cases. So it's on Netflix. We've watched the first two episodes. I'm enjoying it so far, but it is 100% absolutely a show that is a one episode at a time. Oh. Yep. There's just a lot that goes on. And so far, the main character, in my opinion, has not been a very likable character. This is the person whose husband was murdered, whose sister was murdered previously, and who you she's trying to find out what's going on. So she's she's not a damsel in distress. She was in the military. She's a tough woman. She stands up for herself. But uh, she's not very likable. She's very aggressive with everybody when she approaches them. It's not like she has to be aggressive because she needs to be. It's no, she is automatically aggressive with everybody. 
And so it's like I, I have a hard time rooting for you because you're kind of a, an asshole. Mm, I got gotcha. you. You know? Yeah. So that's that's what's kind of frustrating. And yeah, you know, like she, she she's under a lot of stress and she's had a lot of things going on. There's some sort of controversy that happened with the end of her military career, something that happened there where she got accused of things and. And that's kind of they haven't explained that whole story yet, but that's kind of playing out a little bit. And obviously issues with the mother-in-law who is just but there's just, you know, there's there's she's just a very aggressive person in a negative way. Okay. It you know, it's like she doesn't fight because she's defending herself. She just wants to pick a fight with everybody, it seems like. Mm, okay. Or like, you know, say things like, um, hey, I found this phone. I'm going to have it looked at. Oh, but that's my wife's phone. Let me have it. No, I'm taking the phone with me. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, it's just, yeah, it's just, she's ultra aggressive. Gotcha. Um, but I'm very curious where the story's going. So I do want to continue watching it, but it's absolutely a one, one episode a day watch for me. Gotcha. Okay. Reacher, are you all caught up? Yup. This show is getting more fucking ridiculous the more I watch it. You know, I, I don't know. Julie and I were trying to talk about, like, why it is that the first season seems so different than this one. And my theory is this, and you let me know what you think. My theory is that the first season was based on a different book, obviously. You know, same yeah. same author, but different story. Yeah. Um, and the first season was down south. He's on his own. He's trying to figure out his brother's murder. He's dealing with local yokels and stuff like that. And it was just kind of a homegrown Billy Bob, Joe Bob kind of thing. Um, corruption in the deep south. And yeah. then this season, we've got the whole super squad together we've got the military we've got high-tech shit we've got new york yeah. we've got cops yep. we've got like we've got him and his team doing raids on different things and just killing a bunch of people and then accusing the police officer of being crooked when they're asking him to cover up their homicides and on and on and on they can't every, now obviously every but, <laughs> yeah every time him and the cops stood toe-to-toe with each other I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I am seeing more and more of the way that this author, Lee Child, is it? Lee Childs? Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing more and more the way that he writes. And it's like, this is the way that my father would have written back in, like, the 80s. Like, this is written by somebody who thought that the pinnacle of manhood was those comic book characters in the 80s who had, like, the ginormous physiques and they, they spoke in monosyllables and... So the thing is, in the first season, he was the uh, quiet but dangerous type guy. Yeah. Only fought when he had to fight, had a bunch of great, you know, one-liners and zingers and and was just overall, he was just, it was enjoyable. (coughs) Whereas this season, he doesn't really have many one-liners and zingers and he's just kind of ultra aggressive and instead of fist fighting a lot like he did in the first season he's shooting a lot of guns and it's yeah it's definitely and it's a different reacher because he's like protecting the team he handpicked and 
now they're all being murdered and maybe one of them turned on them, but he doesn't want to believe it. And maybe he didn't turn on them and on and on and on all these twists and everything. And this, this series is actually two books. That's why like midway through one episode, it looked like we got ending credits and then the next, then it like it continued. Yeah. Cause like that book was over and now we're seeing this book, the part two of the, the, the second book in the, in the, in the story, if you will. Gotcha. With the rest of the season. So um, I don't like this season as much as I like the first season. Me either. But I, I still, I do, I do like it. Well, it's popcorn TV, so I'm watching it. I, I'm going to stick it out for the last two episodes. Um, yeah, yeah. And if my, they do a third season, I'll watch a third season. But um, because I like the first season so much, so maybe the third season will be good again. But yeah, no, I I get where you're coming from. It's definitely not as good as the first, and it's, oh, and it's weird because it's the same showrunner, same same writers, same directors as the first season. So it's not like a new showrunner took over and is changing the direction of the show and the character. Right. It's it's the same people. So it's it's got to be the story that it's based on. That's what I'm yes. looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my biggest complaints. First off, I don't want to hear him say. I don't want to hear the exchange one more time. Neely, I ever tell you you're smart? Not enough. Tired of that. He he said it like twice every episode. And there have been six episodes. Um, I, I'm tired of the suspension of disbelief of things. Like when they walked up to that house that they were sent to and he rolled a pipe bomb in there. It exploded and then they proceeded to go floor to floor and kill, I think, what, 15 people, they said? Some, something like that, yeah. No suppressors or anything. Like, this was full gunfire in yeah. a brownstone that has other brownstones on the other side of the street right next to it. Sure. Not a fucking cop. No cops, no ambulance, no nothing. They walked out afterwards, said goodbye to the neighbor, like, you know, they're not going to bring in the trash cans, and then walked away. Then you hear yeah. sirens in the background. Yep. That's yeah, ridiculous. yeah. I mean, if they were in the country, maybe believable, but they're in New York City doing all this. So, yeah, yeah. More egregious than that, though, in the same vein, was this most recent episode when the cop is being chased and they are in high speed pursuit with two guys leaning out the window of their car, firing fully automatic weapons at him. And there are no other cars on the street anywhere. Yeah. They're, they're on a four lane road and there's no yeah, fucking cars yeah, that anywhere. Was, that is very true. I, I was like, this is impossible. Like this would never happen. How about the two guys in the graveyard who just kept shooting at them as they were being closed in on? No, we'll get them. I'm sure we will. There's four people with handguns coming up and flanking positions on us, but we'll just keep shooting straight ahead. Nope. Or or yeah. marching that guy into the house. Yeah, Swan's in that derelict house. Okay, you go and get the money, and then we're going to come in and, and take him out and talk to him. Really? Like, you guys are trained military professionals who have dealt with this your entire life, and I'm a dude sitting here on his couch going, there's a bomb in that building. It's going to blow up. But here's the thing. They do the same thing on CSI, where as you sit there and watch the show, and you're like, I can't give you a good example. Like it, you know, like well, what could have made an intuition like that? It's a friggin' hammer. That's what did it. <laughs> and they're like, now let's see this whole thing where they take different tools and hold it up to it. 
And then they put the hammer up to it and they're like, it's a hammer. Well, no shit. <laughs> I saw that like 20 minutes ago. You should have grabbed that one first. It's the most like they, they, they take the most obvious things. And then like, here's a bowling pin. Nope. Not speed, that. Speed food. You threw it just because like they want to show you the process. And I get yeah. that, but like, and, and they're kind of doing the same thing like here a little bit. It, but like you were saying in the beginning, the whole standing toe to toe with the cop and accusing yeah. him and the two of them, like even in this most recent episode, when he's like, Hey, when we have that fight, I'm going to let you throw the first punch. <laughs> I don't need a handicap. Come on. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody wrote that and, and a publisher went, yeah, that's good. We're, we're going to keep that in. Well, someone could have written that for the it may, maybe it wasn't in the book, maybe it was just in the movie mm. in the TV show. But still, somebody wrote that when, yep, that's gold. Yep, there we go. This is going to be fucking mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, so yeah, it's you're right. It's popcorn TV and it's fun to laugh at at this point. It's like manifest towards the end of that season when we were still enjoying laughing at it before we got into the next season where we were like, fuck this show. Yeah. Yeah, Manifest was terrible. Yeah. I can't believe that it got brought back. Like, it got canceled and then brought back because people were so vehement about it. Yeah, that was... Not cool. So do you have any other shows other than Doctor Who? I mean, not really. I mean, like I said... um, You know, the wife and I have been watching uh, the shows we've been watching. And then uh, there was a show that was on Vice TV several years ago called The Rustlers. It was 10 episodes, and each episode was uh, 45 minutes long or so. It was a documentary-type show. Uh, but it told different stories of professional wrestling from around the world as far as um, just – each week it was a different topic and, and I don't know, they're just excellent. And they're on, they're on Tubi right now for free. So mm. you have to deal with a few commercials, but Tubi does a good job cutting their commercials in. And, um, I just find it super enjoyable. And, and if you like wrestler and if you don't, I, just, I think it's worth your time Nice, as far as it's entertaining. So, but otherwise, yeah, no, just Dr. Who. So what'd you think of the Christmas episode? I didn't care for it. Okay. Go on. I it got over and I was just like, huh. Okay. Um, I guess they introduced us to the new companion and uh the doctor the new doctor's first adventure, solo adventure, I guess. Correct. Those are both factual statements. And that's what I took away from that episode. <laughs> really? I didn't really care for it that much. Hmm. I mean, the story of Ruby, you know, uh, being a foundling and the woman that adopted her and on and on and on. Yeah, okay, that's a good story. Um, But I just, I didn't, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't, I just didn't care for it. So there was nothing in particular? No, not really. Nothing. Just nothing in particular. Just as a whole, it just didn't feel. 
don't know. To me, it didn't feel doctorish. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Just didn't connect with me, I guess. Or I just didn't. You know, I was super pumped to watch it. You know, I sat mm-hmm. down, loved the new theme and the opening titles, and I like the new Doctor. You know, yeah. I like his antics and mannerisms, and and um, you know, I I liked, and I like the new companion, and I like her mom, if you will, and I like the characters. I just didn't care for the story that was told. Hmm. Traditionally, if you look back, Christmas episodes are always weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you look at Tennant's first Christmas episode, you know, his first episode on Christmas, uh, he had a duel and got his hand chopped off. You know, he uh, there were uh, spinning top Christmas trees and uh, Santas yep. with masks and trumpets. And, um, you know, we had that one that was like uh, Scrooge, which actually I love that one. The one with that Matt Smith. Brilliant, quite frankly. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. But then we had like the one, the... Uh, the mother with the rainforest. It was like the, the widow, the witch in the wardrobe, you know, where yeah, the husband yeah. flies through time afterwards and comes home to them. And um, yeah, the, the Christmas ones have always been like completely off. Like they're removed. They don't yeah. do anything to continue the story. They don't do anything to detract right. they're stand, from it. They're, they're standalone stories that happen independently of the timeline. We had the, um, uh, the, the same Titanic thing. Raven did the same thing. Yep. While Warehouse 13 did the same thing. It's just it's just a story with the characters, you know, uh, telling an independent story that really doesn't. There's no continuity with the seasons that previous and the ongoing right. season or whatever. Yeah. But and, time, and I get that. It was different though this time because we're seeing the new Doctor on his first solo adventure. We're meeting exactly. his new companion. Exactly. And I just, I don't know, just didn't care for the story. Didn't care for the goblins. Have we mm. ever seen the goblins before in Doctor Who? No, not that I'm aware of. I couldn't. I didn't do too dig a, a deep of a dig on it, but I don't think that they were ever in there. And he even said, you know, oh, it's so nice to meet the Goblin King. Like, I was half expecting a uh, David Bowie lookalike, honestly. <laughs> um, Would have been better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I liked it. I liked the introduction to him where he's like dancing on the dance floor in the club. Yep, I like that. Um, I liked the, the whole concept of bad luck being uh, that the goblins were trying to kind of nudge things in a certain direction. Um, you know, have you been unlucky lately? Oh yes. There were a few things that I was very curious about, like when shit got real and the crack appeared in the ceiling I was like, are we doing another crack in the universe thing? Or is this just happened to be that, you know, it split open like this because of that? Um, I liked seeing the uh, the suddenness of it where they went back and snatched her as a baby. So none of that ever happened. So he's standing here. Everything else changed around him. You know, he pops back in and no, he I never... has the memories and no one else does. Yeah. Yeah. Which was awesome. Um I like the fan theory that those gloves that he created that let you like hold on to something and distribute your weight were because of the fact that Rose Tyler got sucked into the vortex because she couldn't hold on long enough. That was a great theory. Don't know if that's what it is. I haven't Um, heard that one, but that's cool. uh, I did like, since we're doubling down and sticking with the timeless child, 
I liked the fact that he got to relate to her. She's like, I was a foundling. And he's like, I was a foundling too, it turns out, you know? Yep. Um, I want to know if her mother is really going to be an overarching thread in this story, or if that was just kind of a, no, you'll never know who it is. A one-off. Right. Or just like an introduction and now we're going to go away. Yeah, I get that. Because he did have that lingering moment where he looked and he saw her walking away like he wanted to go and grab her. And he's like, no, I got to go get the baby. Um, The musical number was phenomenal. Uh, That was something that I was not expecting. Um, I saw behind the scenes with Shooty and he was like, yeah, they told us that we were going to be singing. And, you know, I expected that what was going to happen was we're going to go to a recording studio, record and then lip sync. He goes, and then we kept getting closer and closer to the day of, and I was like, this isn't happening. Where's the recording studio? And then they were like, oh, no, you're singing live. (laughs) So he's like, I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm an actor. But I think he pulled it off pretty well. Um, Yeah, I I agree with that. And I want to know, as everybody else does, what's with the neighbor, that lady? Yes, who seemed to think, who seemed to complain about, well, she complained about the TARDIS blocking the sidewalk and you need to move this and bloody blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then at the end, she's like, it's like you've never seen a TARDIS before. Yeah. And uh, Russell T. Davies has, they interviewed him and asked him and he said, yes, she has a lot more going on than you're aware of. So there's something important there with her. Um, overall, I liked it. And I, like I was saying to you earlier, I looked at it as this was a Christmas episode. This is going to be goofy. It's going to be a one-off. Although it was weird that they used a Christmas episode to introduce a, the new doctor and his new companion. You know, when they introduced Tennant in a Christmas episode, they already had Mickey and Rose and her mom, Jackie established. Um, so this is the first time that they had to like backfill everybody. I I think they should have held off. What would you have done differently? Just have him by himself doing some stuff and then, you know, the first episode in introduce Ruby. Yeah, maybe. Or just held off and not done a Christmas special with him and just done the first episode mm. when it comes out and introduce her that way. Like they did Matt Smith. Gotcha. You know, I just. Yeah, I just didn't. I just. Yeah, it was it was. Again, I like the characters. I like the new doctor. I like his new companion. I just didn't care for the story that they told in this episode. Gotcha. Um, I have heard. I've heard a lot of people not liking the new doctor. Yeah. And I know a couple people that like. This killed their fandom. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like they're just gonna watch reruns. They're not gonna watch anything with the new doctor. They don't. They don't like him. They don't like him specifically, or they don't like the show, the direction that it's going in. They don't like the character, the presentation of the character. That's mm-hmm. not the doctor. Um, is that they had a lot of issues, or his they, orientation? they had a lot of issues. They had a lot of issues with the David Tennant specials as well. Oh, okay. Because of the like the first episode where they had to stop to discuss the pronouns and, Mm. and, and like it's yes. And they really feel like they're, they're catering towards a specific market Mm. as opposed to just catering to a general audience like they've done in the past. 
and they just don't care for it. Interesting. So, yep. I, I think there are other people out there who would probably look at it the other way and say that in the past it was only catering to a specific audience of you sure. know white males, um, and that now it's more inclusive rather than catering specifically to them. You know, it, if suddenly the show was everybody on here is something different, you know, everybody on here yeah. is transgender. This is a fully transgendered show. Then they could probably make the argument yeah. that they were trying to market to a specific art, uh, demographic. Sure. Yeah. But I, I think that they just got their feelings hurt and they're a little butt hurt. Maybe. Don't know. But um, what I do know is I like it. Yeah, I do too. So they can uh, they can have the reruns, which are amazing. I mean, I just watched through. It was my third watch through of most of them, second watch through of Jodie Whittaker uh, with Julia. And yeah, it, the reruns are phenomenal. So enjoy that. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, movies. Movies. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 11, 12, 13, 14. I have at least 14. I have seven. The Only majority are. <laughs> say the majority are reruns. Okay. So, like, uh, Johnny came over. And we watched, he wanted to watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, because it had been a long time since he watched it, so we sat down and watched that. Um, I hadn't watched it in a very long time, so Part 1 is is Nancy's, is Heather Lamb's character, Nancy. And then Part 2, she's it's not garbage. in it. Nope, it's not. Part 2 is is the neighbor who's a fella. You, and, you like uh, Part 2? So I just did a rewatch okay. of all of them. Yeah. Part two is 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 quite good. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Part two, Freddy is very psychologically um menacing. He's more evil and vindictive. He's forcing someone to do his killing for him. Like part two is is a very, very dark, uh, violent, uh psychologically terrifying Freddy Krueger as opposed to part three where it's stupid and part four where it gets worse. Like, I feel like I've always liked part one. I've always liked Wes Craven's new nightmare because it was just such an original idea of like, we're, we're in the real world and Freddy's crossing over into the quote unquote real world. You know, like it was just really revolutionary, the concept of it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we had, Freddy versus Jason, which is what it is. And then we had what then we had the, the remake. And a lot of people hate the remake, blah, 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 because Robert England's not in it, and on and on and on. And I think a lot of people remember it, like as a whole, I've rewatched uh Friday the thirteenth, Halloween, and and Nightmare on Elm Street in the past twelve months. I've rewatched every movie in the franchises. Okay. Okay. And overall, I'd say Mike Myers is I still love Michael Myers. He's probably my favorite character. But overall, the Friday the 13th franchise, all encompassingly, holds up better movie-wise. 
Not every movie is gold, but more of those movies are better than, say, the Halloween movies. And uh, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and just on this most recent rewatch, the majority of the movies in that franchise are just the shits. Mm. Part one is good. Part two is good. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare is is uh, is decent. Um, and Freddy vs. Jason is still pretty solid you know you know it's a it's a it's a mashup we never thought we'd get and they did a good job with it but three four five and six oh my god oh they just got worse and worse and worse and worse and they were just all terrible and i think that the remake is actually that freddy is also very evil sinister and dark compared to mm. what we saw his like Freddy was the only of the big three slashers. Freddy's the only one that became a joke. Like he's the only one that was like, I'm going to go the comical approach mm. and it's not even like good comedy. It's, it's cringe groan worthy comedy. Yeah, he definitely, well, I mean, he's also the only one out of the big three that spoke. So yep, that's true. That's um, true. But yeah, he had a lot of one liners, a lot of groaners, a lot of uh, ridiculous, like his kills would have been better, I think, if he didn't have the the schlocky lines. Yeah, like like Freddy Freddy's kills in part one and in part two are so much better compared to like part three where he's like, and I get it, they're in the dream world, so he wants to manipulate them in their dreams mm-hmm. with these absurdities. But the absurdities he manipulates are absurd mm. like just over the top like all right him dragging his claw across metal and having sparks and everything that's scary yes. that's traumatizing for the person it's intimidating mm-hmm. but not when he stretched his arm out nine feet to do it that just looks stupid <laughs> that's just confusing like i don't know it's just yeah so it was a big turn off um yeah it was just it was just not great. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's not your fault. Unless unless it is. Not last time I checked. Yeah. Uh I watched Black Christmas nineteen seventy four, so I watched all three Black Christmas movies this Christmas season. I don't have to do that again. Okay. Uh on uh we watched a Christmas story. And then right back to back, a Christmas story story. I think I think they're both great. Christmas story is a classic flick, and a Christmas story story really played homage to the original in the in a proper way, as opposed to that god awful Christmas story two that came out a few years ago that just needs to be freaking burned off the face of the planet. <laughs> uh, the other Christmas movie we watched. Um, was it's a wonderful life. Mm. That's just a that's just an amazing classic. Absolutely yeah. amazing classic. We did not get around uh, to watching that one this year. No. Nope. Yeah, but we have the past. It's here. good. I and and then the other rerun for me was I we watched Johnny and I watched uh, Final Summer again. Oh, nice. Yep, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it again. With, uh, the, my third watch through, I've, I enjoyed it thoroughly as well. I was going to so. say, you've seen that a few times now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my next 
five movies are all new to me movies. Okay. So um, I we got for reruns. For reruns, we rewatched Holiday. This is the one with Emma Roberts and oh yeah, the dude. Uh, great, it's a classic. Uh, well, it's not a classic classic, but I know what you mean. It's a very enjoyable movie. Um, some of the characters are ridiculous, over the top, cringy, uh, but you know, Kristen Chenoweth is fun. Um, watching the chemistry between these two is fun. Are you taking a selfie or? A picture of someone Taking a else. picture of Wesley. Oh, okay. Um, we got him a hat. What? Wow. Now, we did you this... buy that, or did you kill the animal first and, and skin it? And... Did, did we buy it, or did we kill the animal first and skin it? Yeah, we bought it at Target. Oh, okay. It's like a red plaid, you know, bomber hat. Oh, I see the red plaid now. I thought it was all the fur. I gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So, here you go. You're welcome. Um, so holiday always good. Uh, you should, elf, go, you should take a puff. Get a vaping at that age, huh? Asthma. Oh, gotcha. Um, we watched Elf because you know that's another yeah. holiday classic. It's one you can put on in the background, rap, do whatever. Just an enjoyable time every time. Um, Ready Player One. Watched that last night. Uh, I'd been craving it for some reason, just like it kept sticking in my head. So I wanted to watch it. She'd never seen it. And um, the book was better. Uh, the book was very different than the yeah. movie. You know, the challenges were all different. Basically for the movie, they wanted to really capture the idea of the Oasis being a place where you could do anything, be anyone. So they really went for the visual effects and the, you know, the cameos and stuff like that. Whereas the book was more cerebral. Uh, yeah. And uh, both are good, though. Like, I would almost say that they're both yeah. two separate things that could be compared not as the same thing. Um, and then the other rerun that I had was uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard. Another oh, one of those that's where, a good one. Yeah, another one where she had seen a clip, and I was like, well, we should check that out. And that's just a fucking great movie. Uh, we were going to watch The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, but it's one of those you have to rent it or buy it. And so... This, I think you could yep. watch it on to, uh, Freebie, but with commercials. And I was like, eh, mm, I don't really want Freebie doesn't do a good job with their commercials. So. so other than that, I've got three movies that were new to me. How many do you have? I got five new to me. Okay. Um, I'll talk about one that I know you didn't go see. Okay. Uh, I went to the theater and I saw The Iron Claw. How do you know I didn't go see that? Did you go see The Iron Claw? <laughs> No, but it did look really good. Um, This movie, in my opinion, is phenomenal. It's not a movie that this is a movie about a family uh, who suffered tragedy because it's a biopic Mm -hmm. um, who happen to be professional wrestlers. It's not a wrestling movie. Okay. Yes. Wrestling is very much heavily featured in it, but it's really a story about a family, family tragedy, pressures of a father, love of brothers. Uh, and just how their their story unfolds and how kind of just heartbreaking it is. Um, there's a lot of like wrestling fans that are just like, they got the timeline wrong and this didn't happen then, this happened then and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, you can go read my blog on the Wrestling Insomniac that I wrote about it where I comment on all like, hey, this is where they got it wrong on the timeline. But you know what? 
didn't change my enjoyability of the movie. Didn't change change how much I love the movie. Didn't change how good the movie was. It didn't change how actually really awesome Zac Efron was in the movie as Kevin Von Erich. You know, um, when you have Kevin Von Erich himself saying he watched the movie and he loved it. You know, the movie where he's the only brother left alive because all the other bro- one died natural causes. Well unexpectedly and the other three murdered the uh, committed suicide like when he says it's a good movie you gotta you gotta believe the guy that whose life it's based on you know mm. yeah it's not factually accurate as far as when things happened as far as the timeline of like when he got married and when david died and when this happened and blah 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 but everything else is good. They did a fantastic job telling the story they told. I, I really love it. I want to see it again. Um, not sure if I'm going to be able to wait till home video, but I, I definitely want to see it again. Is that a day yes, one? Yes, I will save you? home video forever. Is that a day one purchase for you? Oh, yes. Yes, it will be. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoyed it thoroughly. My wife's making fun of me for using the term home video. Why? Thank you. Exactly. It's a perfectly adequate way to describe it. She goes, she called me an old man. And then she just said, well, he's old too. And that, that is a factual statement as well. Yeah. Um, on the Netflix, I watched Equalizer 3. Which thing? Okay. It's, it's not a phenomenal movie by any means, any stretch of the imagination. The first one was good. The second one was okay. This one's also just okay. It's essentially like an episode of a TV series. That's almost two hours long is it has some pretty exceptional violence here and there. It's. It just was what it was, you know? Okay. He was never put in peril. He met a bad guy. He put the bad guy in his place. And he righted the wrongs of the town that he chose as his new home. You know what we need to see? What? Equalizer versus Liam Neeson's. <laughs> and I'm not talking his yeah. character in Taken. I'm talking Liam Neeson. Just Liam Neeson himself? Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. <laughs> it was interesting because in the third movie, like the CIA agent that he, he kind of is talking to and dealing with whatever is played by Dakota Fanning. And years ago, I think 20 years ago, maybe even the movie man on fire, Denzel Washington's character, uh, John Creasy or whatever it was. He was like the bodyguard of Dakota Fanning as a, a small little girl. Mm. protecting her. Did you ever, do you remember that? God, I know I saw the movie. I just don't remember yeah. much of it. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Um, but otherwise, it's it's on it's on Netflix. Uh, if you like the first two, go watch it. But uh, it's definitely not. I mean, I might rewatch it someday, but yeah, yeah. So what's a what's a new to you movie you watched? I watched The Batman. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. And well. Well, the other night we were like, let's watch a movie. And we got in bed and we're like, let's turn on a movie. And Julia's like, I'm ready to watch The Batman because she likes Rob Pattinson. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to watch it. Let's sit down. And I brought it up and I'm like, it's three hours. Yeah. And it was already like nine o'clock. And I'm like, no, 
she's like, no. So we waited and we sat down. We had like a little, you know, popcorn and everything. And we're like, yeah. And uh, it was good. Um, There was a lot that I really liked about it. There was a lot that I went, are you fucking kidding me? Um, Some of it that I really liked, things like when he was driving the motorcycle, you know, because he's still early on in it. Um, It's Batman year one. Well, two. He said it's been yeah, two sorry, years. Yeah, sorry. So. It's Batman year two, yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that he... Um, uh, the the Batmobile essentially was a souped-up hot rod that he, you know, yep. fucked around with in his garage. So it wasn't some military tech that was... Right, right, yeah. Um, he wasn't jumping off buildings constantly. You know, he created the one deployable suit for himself and was scared to use it. <laughs> Uh, And then it went badly for him. Um, There was, there were a lot of those things, you know, where it was like, okay, this is realistic. This is good. This is, you know, kind of grounded. He actually gets beat up a little bit. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved the actors. Oh my God. It seemed like you couldn't turn around without finding fucking John Turturro, Colin Farrell, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Gollum was his fucking, yep. you know, a couple of things that I didn't like. Um, I didn't like, and Julia actually pointed this out, but it's a very good point. Um, the Riddler was hands-on with everybody, got right up in their business, like taped them up, bashed their heads, you know, did the jigsaw traps to, to fucking Corey Stoll there. Uh, but with Bruce Wayne, he mailed him an envelope that said Bruce Wayne's eyes only as if he doesn't have servants that are going to open up his mail for him. And then expected that the bomb would go off and kill him. Like why was it everybody else? He broke into their mansions. He broke into their houses. He got in the back of their car, but with Bruce Wayne, he just mailed him an envelope to nuke him. That, that seemed wrong. I don't think he is. His intention was to nuke Bruce Wayne. I think his intention, Intentions to send a message to Bruce Wayne that I just mailed you a bomb. Well, I don't think he seemed, intended Bruce Wayne to open it all. He seemed genuinely shocked that Bruce Wayne was still alive when they announced that he was still alive. Oh, I took that as sarcasm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like, oh my God, he is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I didn't. I didn't. It didn't. That didn't stand out to me as like a. Not a frustratable because you're not frustrated with it. That that just didn't jump out at me as absurdity, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, and his body armor. This, not as bad as John Wick Four. So I'm gonna. I still watch John Wick Four, but my God, <laughs> this guy is taking multiple rounds from fully automatic weapons and just walking around like he's fucking Superman. Like it's literally ding, 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 and he's like, I'm glad that he finally took the double barrel to the chest and it literally knocked the fucking shit out of him. Like he was yeah. down for the count after that. Cause again, we know what Kevlar is like. Kevlar is the shit that is the best that we have right now. And you take a round to Kevlar, it leaves a dent. It leaves a bruise. It knocks the wind out of you. Like, yeah, you're not going to be wearing something on yourself 
that is going to be standing up to fully automatic fire front and back and like repeated shots and just be like, I'm fine. I'm good. It's all good, man. Like that was unbelievable to me. And it really kind of took out some of the realism. Like they were doing such a good job of the realism, the grittiness. And then that was just like, no, come on. But overall really enjoyed it. Um, Really, this is the first time that I can actually say I really enjoyed Zoe Kravitz as a character. Like, I yep. have not been a big fan of hers in most of the roles she's been in, but this was fucking great. She did a really good Selena. I loved the music they would play right before you saw the Batman. Almost like it was a take on, like, the For Whom the Bell, not For Whom the Bell Tolls, but like the, um, yeah, like the dun, 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 dun. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that you, you associate with the Grim Reaper or Death mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that, their little version of that, their take on that type of thing that they would play right before you saw the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that thoroughly. I just, there was a, there was, there was way more that I liked about the movie than I disliked about the movie. Mm. I thought it was interesting that everyone, like, he had that one line in the beginning where he, they were like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Vengeance. And then everybody called him Vengeance for the rest of the movie, except for the Riddler kept addressing everything to the Batman, and the Bat symbol yeah. was a bat. But everyone was like, hey, Vengeance. Oh, it's Vengeance. Vengeance is coming. And then at the end, he's like, I've got to be more than Vengeance. Well, yeah, because that's that. But see... I think that was done for the, the like at the end, he's realized I have to be more than vengeance. Like you said. So like, well, especially because that. one of the Riddler guys goes, I vengeance. And he's like, Oh no, they used my line. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, there's so much I liked about it. Like I was shocked how much I enjoyed the movie. I think yeah. that has a lot to do with it. I was legitimately shocked how much I enjoyed the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It was probably one of the better Batman movies that I've ever seen. Yeah. Top three, at least I'd say. Um, I watched uh, the last voyage of the Demeter. Which one's that? Well, that's probably why I didn't do so well in the box office. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's literally a chapter from Dracula. Um, oh. it's narrated by the like the ship's captain. It basically tells the story of when Dracula went from like Romania to England on the ship, the Demeter. And how the ship arrived uh, by like crashing ashore of England. So this is the story of of what happened on the ship with basically Dracula killing the entire crew for the most part. But I I enjoyed it. It it was I'd never really seen this story told out like this before. It just kind of always was glossed over in any movie you saw it in because it wasn't the focal point. Um, but I thought they did a really good job with the story. Um, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I wouldn't give it a hard sell. And I would say ultimately this is a good one watch through. I mean, I can't, I didn't have the, like after watching the iron claw, I was like, I still want to watch this again. You know, I didn't have that. Uh, not like this next movie I'm going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. It's, it's good for a watch, a single, you know, it's good for a watch through. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you have two more movies to talk about? Correct. I know one's Rebel Moon. I have, yeah. That's my other movie I have to talk about as well. Okay. Um, what is your other movie? Saltburn. Okay, I have not watched that. It's on my list. Should okay. I watch it? You're not going to like it. 
Why am I not going to like it? <laughs> Julie just laughed in the other room. You're not going to like it. Um, the one right. thing that you will like about it is that yeah. it was filmed and shot in 4-3 ratio. Okay, that's good to know. At, at why, why is it? At first I turned why it on and I'm like, oh, is there something wrong? Because the black bars were on the side and I looked it yeah. up and they were like, no, it was shot that way. Um, it's not your type of movie. Um, it's very, it's billed as a dark comedy, but there's not a lot of comedy in it. Um, yeah. It's dark, it's twisted, it's disturbing. I equal parts liked and disliked it. Um there was a lot that I did like about it, a lot that I felt was unnecessary. Um, I was not as disturbed as everybody is. There's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, it was so disturbing. Oh, my God, it was so freaky. I was not disturbed, but that just speaks more to my mental health, I think, than anything else. Um, you can watch it because it's – I look at it kind of like – in your case, kind of like Rebel Moon, um, it's hard to be part of the massive discussion that's going on if you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, can't talk about you can't have you, you can't have an opinion if you haven't seen it. Yeah, um, I would say, gun to my head, I would say that I liked it. You know, I would say that I definitely I would give it a thumbs up, maybe a thumb and a half. But you know, there were a number of things in there that also mm, didn't quite click for me. But we can discuss it once you've watched it. I watched Thanksgiving, the Eli oh. Roth slasher flick. Wait a minute. You just said, if I rewind back here, you said that you watched the Demeter one and that at the end of it, you did not feel like you had to watch it again, unlike yeah. the next movie you were going to talk about. So this yeah. is the one, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they captured magic in a bottle. We'll see what happens when they do the sequel. Cause they're doing another one. They've already talked about it. This movie was friggin' awesome. Really? I loved it. I loved it so much. It's absurd how much I enjoyed this movie. <coughs> and I didn't have one opinion one way or the other going into watching it. I just, it's something I wanted to see because it was a slasher flick and it was kind of a throwback to the classic horror movie, you know, classic slasher horror flicks and everything. And I watched it. There is some unique fucking kills in this movie. The story is so good. It takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts. There's so much absurdity in it as well. They do not shy away from that Boston, from that, that new England accent, but they <laughs> don't play into it either. Like they don't make it wicked bad. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just, it just sounds normal to me. I mean, you do live not, in new England. Right. It's not like 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 Patrick Dempsey's in it, and it's the first time he's ever been able to use his main accent in a movie. <laughs> does he even have one anymore? I mean, he's been gone for so long. He does. Like it, it it's there. Like okay. but like to me, like and then like the accents weren't done to comic effect. The mm-hmm. accents weren't done to uh uh like Fred Gwynn and Pet Cemetery that were just fucking terrible. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? They were just done because this takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and this is how we talk. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed the story of like where this John Carver came from and how it started and this and that and the characters that we meet in the movie and how there's this Black Friday fiasco that just seems out of 
out of touch and unreasonable, but it's pretty damn reasonable actually when you really think about like how Black Friday was back in the eighties or and it, yeah, there's some over the top absurdity that goes with anything like this. I just enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Awesome. I really did. I would give this a hard sell. Watch it. If you like mm. horror flicks, like slasher flicks, just watch it. And how I was shocked watch how it? much I enjoyed it. Oh well, it's uh, you can uh, buy it uh, home video, home premiere rental thing. <coughs> home premiere rental thing. Yeah. That tells me nothing. Are you saying like, you know, I like you on are... Amazon Prime and rent it video yeah, on demand like... or? Yeah, 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 like that. It's it's oh. not like five ninety nine rental. It's twenty dollar rental. So it's you know in I... theaters. It's not at Redbox. No, it's not on Shutter or anything like that. No, no, no. It's it's not streaming anywhere for like a streaming service you pay for. You like you can go on Vudu. I think it's twenty bucks on Vudu or something like okay. that. I gotcha. Yeah, it'll get on Blu-ray at some point. I'm assuming. Okay. But it was something I had wanted to go see, and Johnny had wanted to go see it, and. And whatnot, and we were just like, "Fuck it, let's just let's just buy it." Nice. Yeah, let's see here. Yeah, rent nineteen ninety nine, buy twenty four ninety nine for the digital copy on uh on Voodoo, and it's the same thing elsewhere. It's eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes apparently, hmm. um, which I don't really care about. It's just it's just really enjoyable. Like sincerely, like. I was shocked how much I liked it, how much I enjoyed the movie. And if we get another one next year, I'll I'll make it a point to go to the theater to watch it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, uh, Rebel Moon. How much time do you have? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know you said, does this get a whole episode? And if you want to rant, I will gladly let you rant. But the reality is, it was not good. But no one seems to think it is. So it's not like Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, uh, where we had to tell people, no, you keep saying it's good, and it's not because of this. I haven't heard anyone say they like this movie. No, people I haven't work, either. People at work that like I talked to, like there was one guy in particular, have you heard about this movie? Oh, let me say, like, and like the trailer came out, and he would... I watched. I thought it looked great. He watched the trailer. He thought it looked great. All my all my nerds at work, like Rude and Doug and and Ryan and whatnot, that love Star Wars and Star Trek and Stargate and sci-fi everything and all the mar. This is like I mentioned to Doug, like, oh, have you watched Rebel Moon yet? Oh yeah, I watched it two weeks ago. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, it's just not, not. It's just not, not good. Yeah. What's your thought? So I started, but I'll preface this by saying that I kept regretting. I kept saying like, I don't want to watch this, but I have to watch it because I have to be part of yes. the discussion. Mike already yes. watched it. Like I did. And I kept telling Julia, I'm like, I'm not going to make you watch it. You do not have to watch this. She's like, good. Thank you. So the other day she was like, ah, I, I think I'm going to take a nap. What are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to put on Rebel Moon. She's like, yikes. Um <laughs> I put it on and the opening scene is fucking Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins telling us the most convolutedly stupid trite oh, 
my story. God. It, how, and, how long was that fucking narrative? It was forever. And the thing is, like, I started taking notes because I was like, no, this is fucking gold. I need to take notes on this. Julia looks at the screen before she heads in the other room. And, you know, there's like, it's just space. And then you see a portal open and a ship comes through. She literally yeah. looked up and went, that's a vagina. And I went, uh, yeah, it is. It, it was a fucking space vagina with a penis ship coming through it. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch. It's like 30 seconds in. And it is literally a vagina-shaped portal with a penis ship coming through. Done. Fucking movie's over. Like, no reason to watch anything beyond that. So, like you said, he's got this big, long narrative, and they're talking about the mother world. And he says that the mother world grew so quickly, and it enveloped all these other planets. But that's because the mother world used up all of its own resources, so it went out and started claiming other worlds to get their resources. And my first note was, so it's Spaceballs. <laughs> because that's literally the plot of Spaceballs. And everybody loved the king and queen until an assassin's blade took them both out. We're supposed to believe that the mightiest military in the entire universe that has been subjugating planets left, right, and center, one assassin... Killed the king and queen. And be honest with me. Do you think it's going to turn out to be Sophia Butella's character? You know, the one who loved the princess. The daughter. The daughter. Like, like she loved the princess and she saw the princess bring that bird back to life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's the assassin. That's why she's the most wanted in the entire universe and blah, blah, blah. Um, So I won't go through everything, but I literally went beat by beat through this thing. Um, they, they no, talked no. about, you took the time to write the notes, share them. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we're told that they are going out there. Th- this one dreadnought is being sent out to the far reaches to hunt down and kill anyone known as a rebel. And then we get the title card of rebel moon. Oh my God. That is a vagina. It's a vagina. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, already they couldn't come up with a better word than rebel. Like literally you think rebels, you immediately think star Wars. So why did they go with rebel? Why didn't they go with outlaws? Why didn't they go with usurpers? You know, they could have get a fucking thesaurus, do something other than rebel. Rebel is star Wars. And I know it's not exclusive to star Wars. The word exists for everybody, but come on. If you're already James Dean rebel without a cause, if you're already doing something that you're claiming is your own take on star Wars, don't fucking call the good guys rebels. Right. Um, all right. My, my next note was space horse because you know, she's plowing a field with a, I assume space horse. It was basically a horse that looked like he had some bony protrusions on his head. Um, it, it is a space horse. Yeah. And then we get the, uh, weirdly, erotic scene of her like running her hand through the dirt and picking up a handful of dirt and sniffing it like you know it's cocaine she's just like um i i made a note that it was three minutes and 51 seconds into the movie before we had the first line of dialogue that wasn't anthony hopkins voiceover that's not great because most of it was space shots and then her sniffing dirt uh, like she was going to make love to it. Um, I love the fact that her plow 
blade hit a rock. She dug the rock out and threw it to her left, which is where she was going to be plowing next. So she literally like made future work for herself because now she's going to have to stop, move it again, yeah, I, stop, move I it. I saw that. I saw that scene and I thought, man, future self is going to be pissed at past self. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody on this planet was dressed like they were heading out on the Oregon Trail. Um, not sure what the costume design was for that, where they were like, you know what? This is the future. There's space travel. Um, let's make these people fucking Amish. So, well, <laughs> think about it, though. Like, like you know, I'm not in his defense, but in his defense, uh, most all space, like all futuristic space movies, people dress terrible or like not like look at look at Star Wars, like how the Jedi's dress. Mm-hmm. You know, look, look how the, the town be karate geese and robes. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? So why not? Let's, you know, let's what's it called? Uh, let's culturally appropriate the Amish for in their, <laughs> in their clothing wear. <laughs> um, I made one note about uh, Corey Stoll's speech to them where he was talking about the only way to get your seeds to grow is uh, by honoring the gods and yep. by that, you have to make sure that they see the rhythmic thrusting and the cries of pleasure. So essentially, his message was, everybody fuck tonight or the gods will be mad. And I wish I were making that up. But again, future space travel, we need to fuck so that the gods are happy and bless us with a harvest. Awesome. Yep. Good to see that that has lasted through the years. Um one thing that blew my mind and I literally had to rewind it like three times to watch this. She goes to her house afterwards after the feast. Now the feast takes place in what basically looks like a Viking hall. You know, it, they even call it the long house, which is traditionally a Viking meeting chamber. And she goes back to her house. These all look the same. We've got the posted beam. We've got the open wooden like pillars in the middle of it. We've got stone yeah. walls, her quote-unquote father is laying on a mat on the floor next to a metal pot-bellied stove that's open. There's a fire burning inside to keep them warm. She walks in, and the door slides shut behind her and goes, whoosh. That's from Star Trek, thank you very much. I know it's from Star Trek, and it made me lose my fucking mind. And I rewound it, and I watched again. Why is everything primitive, but the fucking door is futuristic? Why do they have a supermarket door on a hut made of rocks and twigs and then she even doubles down on it because she talks to him about how like she wants to be away and blah 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 and, and this is safe but is this really home and then to make her her sleeping area private she pulls two very thin pieces of cloth over a wire to cover herself from him so that he can't see her while she sleeps this was primitive and yet they had a sliding door and i double uh, like i said i rewound it a couple times it's not like she walked in and grabbed hold of it and slid it it literally slid by itself with the electronic noise really bothered me um a, a few overarching notes that i'll probably point out later on in specific areas there were two things that this movie had a lot of one was fucking exposition and one was slow motion. Those two things were used way too fucking. Mike just threw his hands in the air. 
The slow motion fight scenes pissed me off so much. They were terrible. They ruined the fight scenes for me. I don't need to see this shit in slow motion. Just fucking fight in real time. Thank you. Yes. Just fucking speed it up if you want to. Make it faster. It added nothing. It added absolutely nothing to the movie. The only thing it did for me was show me how fucking pretentious Zack Snyder is. This was ridiculous. I mean, at least in Justice League, when they did the slow motion scene, it was because they were showing that the Flash is so fast, everybody else was standing still, but Superman was faster and could see him and grab him. Yep. There it had a purpose. Here, it's That was so badass, too, Uh by the way. It was. Um, we, We have her here giving her little exposition or character dump or whatever. She's like, I'm a child of war. To love, to be loved. I don't know if I'm capable of this. Really? Did you pull this out of your 11th grade notebook? Like, was this your emo phase and you were writing poetry and you were like, this will make a great line in a movie someday? Fuck off. Um, they even, okay, you said fight scenes. They had us, I put, oh my God, typical Snyder slow-mo, uh, Snyder slow-mo shit, seeds falling. You know, they see the ships coming in and she like, Let's go of the seeds in her apron, and they all slow mo fall to the ground and doom, 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 doom. Um, she runs up the hill to the village and grabs a hammer and starts banging on the bell that I guess is a warning, and everyone literally just stands there like, what the fuck's her problem? Like, literally, nobody scrambles, nobody gets nervous. They're all just like, why? Why are you hitting this bell? Um, let's see again, too much exposition. She's talking about these, these ships coming down and how they'll murder you. They'll kill you. They'll destroy you. They're not here to trade. Um, well, so, and that's the thing, like the, the, the bad guys show up and they're like, Hey, so, um, we need some supplies and we'd like to pay you for them. You can be part of our team as we pay you for supplies. So he makes it seem like it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Until, of course, the leader of the group is like, yeah, no, we're not going to get involved. And he's like, oh, OK, um, well, let me just beat you to death then. And then let me point to the, the guy who is uh, actually because, oh, yeah, let's determine who's responsible for the, the actual like harvest harvest of the crop. Oh, that's me. I'm the head harvester. Oh, OK, I'm going to beat your leader to death. And now I'm going to tell you. You're going to give us your shit when it's harvested in what, eight, 12 weeks? Okay, cool. So I'm going to leave a whole fucking garrison of, uh, of of fighters here behind to make sure you do the work. All right, bye now. And what's the first thing those guys do? Let's rape, let's gang rape a young woman. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do that. Well, attempt let's, to. They fully intended to. And yes, they were stopped by our hero. But the point is, even the, the, the lead guard that, you know, um, kind of uh, implied he wasn't as bad as the other bad guys. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to pound her first and then you can have the leftovers. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. I, yeah. I love I love that you got the same impression I did. A um, couple of things that I wanted to point out that you that you zoomed past. Uh, he didn't just beat the guy to death. His weapon of choice was a leg bone and like a three and a half foot, four foot tall leg bone. I don't know why. Again, future laser guns, laser swords. Why does he have a bronzed 
like you can see the socket where it goes into the hip. But again, who's that tall yeah. that he's got that leg bone? And he beats the guy and then shoots Space his wife. Bone. Ah, there you go. Yeah, and then shoots his wife. Who's just holding the ale very nervously. So here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, right? Right? Okay. We have our laser swords that don't cut shit. Why have the, And the laser guns that don't. They, like, splash over. Yeah. We, yeah. we got the entire scene with these guards basically showing us how big of pricks they were. First off, we can already see that they're space Nazis. They literally showed up in SS uniforms. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guys with the big masks and the red robes, whatever the fuck they were. But then we have to see that their grunts are the biggest pieces of shit. You know, the one who, like, oh, yes. grabs the girl. And then the other one, like you said, the, the slime ball, his first interaction is to say, that's how I like them. Young, but strong enough to put up a fight. Yeah. Wow, that's the dialogue you put in your movie. Okay. So then they shoot the robot because, hey, those robots used to be combat units. But then when the king died, they all threw down their guns and they refused to fight. And don't forget, we get the robot with the young girl prior to her being almost gang raped that night, by the way. Mm. Uh, We get the robot telling the whole story of the princess. And and, and if I if we ever saw the princess again, then, you know, I would fight again and this and that. But that's the robot runs away. The robot kills the last guard and then runs away. We don't see him again to the end of the movie where he's got fucking flowers on his head. No, he's got antlers um, on his head. He oh, antlers now, yeah. Earlier. yeah. I'm like, why yeah, he's he mid, he's, mid, he's midsummer. That's why. He's, <laughs> he's celebrating midsummer. Uh, we had to pay an homage to that movie in this movie, too. Uh, we have the, uh, the, the one guard who's a good guy that, oh, that yeah, yeah. didn't, you know, uh, what's, what's he doing? Nothing. We're just going to leave him behind. Well, yeah, yeah. Nothing now. He tries to stand up for her, and they all overpower him. And the one guy looks at him and says, I'm going to tie you to a pole and make you watch everything I do as she goes from being a farmer to a whore. Yep. And then the other guy, like you said, walks in and he goes, hey, hey, you're not going to do anything. I'm going to split this sapling first. Then the rest of y'all are going to get a turn. Yeah. Like... This guy really doubled down on being like, I want to make sure that you know these guys are pieces of shit, so we're going to go full-on sexual assault. Right. Like, like right. there can be like, no and that, mystery. And that's the thing. Like, they showed up. Like, like the reality is, in a group of ten guys, one of them is going to be a rapey piece of shit. Okay? Not nine out of ten. One out of ten. <laughs> but literally every guy in this troop, in this garrison, whatever, except the one young guy is like... Yeah, I'll force my dick into a woman. Sure, why not? That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Oh, a young, innocent person, too, on this planet we literally have been on for three hours? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is this is the kind of heavy-handed storytelling that I expect from him. It was just absolutely over-the-top ridiculous, and yeah. it, made me, it made me actually pissed. Like, yeah. it really pissed me off because... Not just because of the implications, but the fact that he felt that this was how we had to display his soldiers. Like, like you said, if one of them was a piece of shit, sure. All of them yep. are piece of shit. That's just literally every single one of them is a no good son of a bitch. You know, yes. like literally, except well, except the one. The one guy isn't, and that's not even redeemable enough, quite frankly. Right. Um. 
I made a note that when our heroine comes in to fight them, she got headbutted yep. twice in a row and was perfectly fine. And I mean, these guys, two of them had helmets on when they headbutted her. Yeah. And she was just like, "Now nah, I'm good. But the other thing, too, is like she she was a good fighter, but not that good of a fighter. No. You know, like it's not she didn't Jackie Chan the shit out of him or anything. No. Um, she was just an adequate fighter. Quite frankly. Yeah. And I made a comment here, like we were just talking about, why is it that the laser blast rolled off them like water? Like, why wasn't, why weren't their heads exploding or like holes punched through them? What kind of guns were they? Were they paintball guns, maybe? I don't know, because they killed people. You know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was confusing. It was confusing. Because like when you see, all right, look. We have been conditioned that when we see a laser sword, a lightsaber, if you will, that it's going to cut shit. Like, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, we have been uh-huh. conditioned to that. No uh-huh. matter what, space balls, yes, it's a spoof, but it doesn't matter. Anytime we see a lightsaber or a laser sword or whatever it is, it's going to cut shit in half. It's going to be powerful. And that's that's the end of it. Yeah. Except in this movie. Where it completely takes like the lightsaber and 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 castrates it, and it's almost like that was his plan, so we can show you just yeah they're not all that great. Yeah, it's like who the fuck is watching this before they've watched any Star Wars ever in their life? Well, there's just like, too much Star Wars out there. I feel like that was Zack Snyder's point with this was he was trying to be like uh, lightsabers aren't that cool, lasers aren't that cool, shin bones those are fucking cool, you know that's what's badass. Well, he was wrong. Um, so jumping ahead, she's now on a quest. She goes with the guy who basically fucked over the leader of the tribe. And he's like, sure, I'll go with you. Um, we get more exposition where she talks about General Titus. Uh, once a hero of the realm, I'm like, what fucking realm? A realm is something that's on a planet. It's not a galaxy, but he probably couldn't say galaxy because, you know, then he's too much Star Wars. But they, they I will say like this. One thing times. that's consistent. One thing that's consistent with this that is consistent in every single space movie that's ever been made is that when you get on a planet, there's one city and yes. the entire planet. Yes. <laughs> and maybe some countryside. <laughs> so that's the one thing that continues on from every other sci fi thing we've ever seen to this Zack Snyder world of Rebel Moon. Um, I put down that, you know, when she's talking about... Wait, well, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm oh, so- go ahead, go ahead. Okay, the movie's fucking called Rebel Moon. They're not on a moon. Nope. You know but what you- I mean? They're on a planet. So where, where did, and I get the rebel part, where's the moon come from? That's not a moon. It's a space station. Right? You know what I mean? Like, where <laughs> yeah. the fuck's the moon come from in this? I know. And it's, and, and it's not like Rebel Moon's the subtitle. It's like Star Wars, A New Hope. This is like Rebel Moon... Uh, chapter one, a, a child of a fire. Song of, yeah, a child of fire, right? No, that's literally so that, the name of it. A child of fire. Right, is so, chapter one. Right. So that doesn't even make any sense. So what the fuck is Rebel Moon? This this not a moon. There's no moons. The rebels aren't hiding out on the moon. Mm-mm. It makes no sense. It's not logical. Sorry. Continue on. 
so she's talking about her back, her origin story and how they, the bad guys came to her planet and this one supreme bad guy who was like the, the kick-ass, badass general. So much fucking exposition in this fucking movie. So much exposition. And we got the trope of like, you know, the small girl who's holding a gun to him and he throws off his armor and gets down on his hands and knees and grabs the gun and puts it to his mouth and cocks the hammer back like, go ahead. You gotta do it. Dare you. Do it right. And she pulls the trigger and it clicks and he's like, oh, I'm taking you. And he picks her up and raises her and makes her his daughter and she loves the empire now and um we well, get no, this... didn't she get adopted by the fucking king or some shit no she got Isn't adopted that... by the guy that took her like he was the right hand of the king he was the general and so he adopted her and made her his daughter so she was invited to all the big things um okay but and eventually she would become the bodyguard of the princess which i'm sure went really well for her because you know the princess is dead apparently um but, you know, she says, this is where I got my training and learned their history. No softness, only the hard lessons of war. Holy shit. This guy does not know how to write. Um, he also, like, you see her with this guy and they're, like, making eyes at each other and then they kiss. And she literally says, the Academy encouraged us to find a lover. Somebody who would have our backs, who would always drive us forward in this combat. Oh, and yeah. you see okay. her over his dead body. Because he died. He got yeah. murdered. Now she's sad. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing that was like, what do you mean? The Academy essentially like, oh, you get put into this naval. Like, it's like if you it'd be like going to the Marines and in the Marine Corps, you're encouraged to find another Marine to be your partner and lover. Yeah. Um. So when you're in combat together, you have someone to watch your back, not like all the other Marines, <laughs> just this one that you like, you know, bumped uglies with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Form, form bond. That's the most important part. Uh, so they make their way to the port city of Providence. That's great. Um, the approach to this looks just like fucking Moss Eisley. You know, they're up on the cliff in the lower left of the screen and the city sprawling out before them. Um, we go to the bar, a, a wretched uh, hive of scum and villainy, where we get the gratuitous pan around showing all the different aliens in here. Don't get comfortable with them, though. You'll never see these fuckers again. There will never no. be any more aliens after this. You're done. Yeah. Um, the the guy who walks up and basically just tries to buy her the the guy that she's with like there was a lot of sexual aggression in this movie. I wonder if Zack Snyder is okay because like this guy walked up and grabbed him right by the dick and he's like, by the time morning comes around, you'll be begging me for more. There was so much sexual assault in this. There it's was gross. quite a bit for a PG-13 film. So she basically throws this guy out of the bar and he comes back with two guys. Oh, wait, there's at least another one behind the bar. And he's like, are you going to stop all of us? Of course she does, because she's fucking invincible. They they miss her with every shot. Well, I will say this. They were terrible shots like stormtroopers, but she mm -hmm. definitely did not. Again, she was a good fighter, but it wasn't. She just didn't wreck everybody. She could wreck one person, but if she had to pick mm. more than one person, which I guess that's the reality of things. But when you're watching the movie or when you're making the movie like they're making this movie, you would think that the hero heroine would just wreck people. Yes. Yeah. It would be like Kill Bill style where she just like annihilates everybody. And yeah. 
she takes them out, but not perfectly. And then, of course, you know, Charlie Hoonam jumps in and shoots the last guy in the head because he's going to be the charming rogue with the over-the-top Irish accent. Holy shit. Like, that was jarring to hear him start talking in the beginning. I don't know if that's his natural accent. You know, kudos to him if it is. But holy crap, that was just thick. Um, I... And again, more slow-mo during the fight over and over again. And over and over. Um, we, we get to see a space scene with them flying off and then the classic asteroid wipe, you know, where an asteroid goes in front of the camera and then when it comes off the camera, there's a different ship there and we're in a different area. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this earlier. The lead uh, space Nazi is Francis yeah. from uh, Deadpool. And he's playing a character named Noble because, you know, Atticus Noble uh, with the, like, the, the grossest most egregious bowl cut I have ever seen. Like Jim Carrey's bowl cut looked better in dumb and dumber. Yeah. It was a pretty powerful bowl cut that they had going with the sport. Oh, let's see. What have we got here? Uh, too much lens flare. Oh yeah. What is this tub Francis is using with all the tentacles? Like he was plugged into a hose and then, like, he's talking to this dude, and all these tentacles reach up and start wrapping around him, and he's like, excuse me, and he, like, backs up into it. What the hell was going on there? Well, at the end of the movie, he's, like, mostly synthetic, it looks like, and the tentacles yeah. appear to be, like, his repair and recharge and, and something or whatever. I don't know. I thought maybe, for sure they were going to fold. Maybe Zack Snyder's into tentacle porn. I don't know. Yeah. I, I legit, I wrote down at the end there, I was like, is he going to get Vadered now? Because, you know, he yeah. was left on the rock, smashed a bit. I think he was already kind of vadered. Mm. Um, so Charlie Hoonam's like, yeah, I'll take you where you're going to go. But, uh, hey, I got to make a stop first. And I, we see one of the dumbest scenes that I've seen in a movie in a long time. He basically goes up to this one dude who's, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, oh, hey, old buddy. Hey, old pal. What are you doing way out here? Oh, I, uh, I need something. Hey, that shirtless guy over there, we could use him on our team. Why? Why could you use him on our team? Now, granted, fast forward, we see that there was a reason. It's a dumb reason, but yeah, he's like, we could use him on our team. Well, he hasn't paid off his debt to me. Well, how much is it worth? Well, no, they, they specifically, credits. They specifically went looking for him. Was that it? I thought he was looking yes, for supplies. Yes, no. No, 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 no. They specifically went looking for that guy because of uh, this guy's hate for the Empire. I'm just going to call him fucking Empire. Okay. So, like, so they thought for sure he could join them. Essentially, what happened was, and we don't realize this to the end, is that that Charlie Hoon's character is just gathering up people because he's a bounty hunter that have bounties on them. Yeah. So he's gathering up all these people that have big bunny bounties on them so he can get paid. That probably the only clever thing in the entire movie. Right. Like I actually applauded that part. Yeah. So we get some big scene of him taming a fucking Griffin. It was a Griffin. A Griffin. Yeah. We get him see him taming a Griffin. And, and which why was he, he does. taming a Griffin? So that way he could get freedom. Yeah, because the guy said he's yeah. worth 300,000 credits. And they're like, oh, we don't have that. Never mind, we'll leave. And the guy goes, well, wait, I like to bet. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about this? If he can tame that beast, he's yours. Otherwise, you both put chains on your legs and work for me. Yeah, and they agree. Which and is he stupid. Of course, he, of course, tames the beast. 
Yeah, through then, spirituality and, then, and meditation. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah. And then when they leave, he immediately, you know, kills. The beast. His, his captor. The beast kills his captor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just and, and the guy turns back over his shoulder and goes, good boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting for them to take their tails and join them together, you know, <laughs> Avatar yes. style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now on to the obligatory then, mining planet that looks like every other grunging dark planet that we've ever seen yeah. in this movie. Yeah, they go find the, this king, king gaze or whatever, right? No, this was the, uh, this was the spider woman, the, uh, the nemesis. Oh, yeah, yeah. They go, they go find, they go find, uh. The, the Asian girl who can fight. And again, laser fucking sword should be slicing through this arachnid woman. Dude. And it does not. So many problems. Until dude. the end when it does. The arachnid woman starts off with her exposition. This used to be my home, but now the air oh, is yeah, poisoned and, and all of my children over, died. So and I'm going to take children. your child and da 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 da. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's so, a big fight. It's not well, great. Here's the thing. There's a big fight with Nemesis and the Spider Woman, and everyone else in the party just stands on the side and goes, "Hands oh, around, this sucks." Wow. Ooh. Should we oh. help her? No. Oh. Nobody even mentions helping her. They all just stand there and they're like, "Wow, cool." We gotta shit. do this on our own. We gotta prove herself. Mm. Yeah. So we um, get that fight scene. I was like, and here are the laser swords, and they don't work. Yeah. Uh, then she d- gets this little philosophical thing about revenge and how terrible it is. More flash flashbacks, more exposition. Um, again, the princess, the the dog of the princess brings a dead bird, and he's like, "Look, a dead bird." The princess is like, "I'll bring you back to life, birdie. I'll take care yeah. of you." And uh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, now the whole point of this was to go find General Titus. You know, they were trying to find the rebels. That that he had sold supplies to previously. He had sold yes. like their excess grains or whatever, and they're trying to find them to bring them back to their planet to fight off the the bad guys. So the yeah. rebellion's got to go fight off the empire. Yeah, they're basically saying we'll go find the rebels and say come defend this one backwater planet that has literally nothing to do with you at all. Yeah, yeah. We sold and you some so, grain once. Right, and so they finally meet up with them. They find this neutral planet to meet up with them. And no, no, no. Sent- we, we have to go to the gladiator planet first, you know, to, to pick up General Titus, which is literally a leftover set from 300. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, okay. and we watch him get hosed off with a garden hose that has the attachment that I have on my garden hose out there. Yeah, yeah. He I literally was just getting hosed off of the mud, and they left the mud on his head. They hosed off everything else on his body. They left yeah. the mud on his face and head. And he's like, what do you want from me? I'm drunk. And then we get his exposition, and then he joins them. <laughs> of course right? he does. Yeah, yeah, no fights. No, like, oh, he's going to win this battle in, the, in right. the gladiator pit. No, they're just like, oh, he's a drunk bum in the street. Let's wash him off and take him with us. Yeah, he joins them. He, ta- he gets a nice shave, and he cl- takes a shower and a shave, and he's good to go. Once he hears the word revenge, because, you know, he's yes. like, no, I don't want to do it. But then the music starts swelling like a WWE promo and he yeah. hears the word revenge and he's like, for revenge, I'll do it. Yeah. Then we go to the Switzerland planet. We meet the rebellion. We get more exposition the, and we the get the sister. Yeah. The, yeah. And then we get the sister saying, like these fucking people know. And then you get the brother going like, well, 
if us buying their grain is what brought the bad guys, we should do something. Anybody want to go with me? Oh, everybody. Oh, oh, 10 people. All right. Yeah. Ray Fisher, by the way, um, yeah. Zack Snyder's best friend. Uh, also, the woman who comes forward first from the rebels, she walks yeah. up to him and he's like, I should have known. And she's like, well, who else is going to make sure that you get back alive? We don't know these fucking people. Right. Like, the, if they had had a prequel movie where we met them, we might be like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah, of course she's yeah. going to go with him. I don't fucking know you. I don't care. Well, she's the only one that lived. I know. I know. Right? That was awesome. Because that's the thing. Because, like, you know, like we're, we're building, we're building, we're building. And all right, cool. Now, guess what? We got, we got all these people, and we got, you know... uh so some some blood axes are gonna help us, and then oh let's let's watch the king get killed for helping people now, mm. you know. Um, so so we yeah. get a little a little side scene where Francis, that's just how I'm gonna refer to him from now on because he's not Atticus Noble, he's Francis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not Ajax. Uh, he he's interrogating way back in the first city we saw this like scorpion like thing grab a guy and they were like oh it's bounty hunters because this was the guy that originally told them uh put them in contact with the rebels you know and so now he's being carted off by bounty hunters that's why they're like oh we're gonna have to find somebody else to get us there so now we see this guy's being interrogated by francis who is wearing a button-up white shirt and a black tie like he's heading into his fucking office job and he's interrogating this guy to find out what he knows about the rebels yeah. Kills him and then says, and I actually quoted this, dissect his brain, see if we can find anything more. How do they have that yeah. technology and he's clubbing a guy to death with a leg bone? Again, why how is this an equal parts primitive and high tech? Dissect his brain to see if we can find anything else that he might know. But I got my leg bone here. I'm gonna go clock some more people with it. What the fuck yeah. is going on? Yep. Okay. So uh, now we have the shuttles approaching some CGI buildings, which was awful. Uh, they're landing in the middle of this planet that has nothing, and we get to meet um, what's his name? I can't remember. Oh, Leviticus, the the squid dude who is definitely not a monk, Helmari, or anything like that. He's just Leviticus, and he's like, oh yeah. Um, the, the blood axes might be coming and they might not. And at first I was really pissed that they used something stupid like blood axe. But then I thought, well, Skywalker, you know, it's it's weird fantasy names. But still, blood axe, that sounds dumb. Like nobody's born blood axe. Not in the future. Not in space. Well, you ch- you changed that last night. space. Yeah. Uh, he's like, the blood axes may come, they may not. And then they fucking fly in right then. It's like, oh, well, I guess they're coming after all. Um, They're looking all mad and almost primitive. They've got, like, you know, face paint and tight braids. And, you know, their their body armor is all, like, leathers and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we're badasses. I like the Star Wars Rebels a little bit better, you know? They they dressed nice. They they seemed like an organized crew. Um, They seem a bit more put together. So talking about what you were saying where the the sister was like go fuck yourself and the brother was like no wait basically they were like you want us to take on a dreadnought with like what we've got for ships it's impossible and he's like well um we might want to think about it and then the heroine there you know sophia butella she's like these people fed you 
they gave you grain. You owe them. And he's like, mm, okay. Valid so. point. <laughs> I'm not going to war for Hannaford. I, I, they fed me. Like, they had something <clears throat> that I bought, which is what happened here. They bought grain from these farmers. Like, if I went to a farm stand and then all of a sudden like another rival farmer came up and started shooting at the farmer, I wouldn't be like, well, you sold me tomatoes, so I'm going to fight for you. I'd be like, I'm fucking out of here. So, I mean, that seems, that's a more reasonable reaction to me. Staying and fighting. Yeah, Ray Fisher did a bad job of speaking in this. I actually made a note of it. Uh, Slow, pausing in the wrong spots, tries to sound like he's inflecting. Uh, He gives a speech to his men about how they should all fight, and ten of them step forward. So he's really not a good leader in that respect. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. and Charlie Hoonan, basically, he's like, hey, this is great. Spending time with you guys. I don't want to be a thief anymore. Uh, Let's drop off this last bit of cargo because, you know, these people will be pissed off. And, uh, you know, then I'm off to be a rebel with you guys. Well, that was a fucking I'm going to join you. And they're like, yay. And then, like, (laughs) they show up. And immediately you see the bounty hunter guy we saw from the bar at Mos Eisley at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Uh uh-oh. And they're talking. And then that's it. They're all captured. This isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, and then, the, and, the uh, uh, what's his name there? Francis is interrogating Leviticus because, you know, he's just one step behind everybody and yeah. uh, finds out what he needs to know and then nukes the planet. The, he yeah. talks, he gives us exposition about why the dreadnought is called the King's Gaze because if the King's Gaze falls, blah, 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 who fucking cares? They nuke the planet because, you know, you dared to speak out against us. So, um, yeah. So then we get the betrayal, we get the bounty hunter bots, which are basically big scorpion bots that immediately immobilize everybody. Fucking done. Dead. Done. Yep. And and then Gunner there, the guy from the the, the Harvest Master, they want to force him to paralyze Korra, which he loves her, so he's not going to do that. Guess what he doesn't do? Paralyze her. (laughs) And everyone manages to get free eventually. And there's the big battle ensues. Big battle. Big battle. The climactic battle of the movie. Yes. You. Ray Ray Fisher's dead. He uh-huh. you know he ran up a, a big long thing and blew and, and stopped a ship. In uh, slow mo. Well, in slow mo. And then he got there to stop this turret gun, which blasted the fuck out of him, but he still managed to kill the guy inside and and uh, yeah. A single turret gunner, he got into the pod, pulled down one lever in the turret gunner's pod that made the entire fucking dreadnought crash. Seems unrealistic, doesn't it? Seems horribly unrealistic. We get the big battle between Cora and and Francis. They have their big fight scene. That actually wasn't that bad. That was done. That was done pretty well. Um, she wins. And then we're left with what four people? Oh yeah, we um, the the blood axe ravager rebel whatever. I think they're more ravagers than rebels. But anyway, the rebel girl's yeah. crying because she's the only one left. And shirtless prince, who apparently is a prince, um, comes over to her and he lectures her on why she should be okay and fight harder now. You know? Yeah. 
basically saying that he died for a good cause. So, you know, you should be proud and happy and you should get out there and fight harder for him. Mm. I don't fucking know you. Like, why are you lecturing me on this stuff? Uh, let's see. <sighs> Titus now rallies us. Mr. General Titus, who was a drunken in, in the bar or in the streets, yeah. uh, rallies us while taking a drink off his canteen, basically saying that this was a huge blow. Uh, let's all go back to the Velt and get paid. He says, let's go get paid for what we did. We stopped these guys and we killed them. So let's go there and get some grain and get paid. Um, everyone shows up back on the Velt. Uh apparently miles away from the settlement, you know, they could have landed there because that's what the other guys did. But these guys decide to go down miles away and ride the space horses back through the fields. We can see that all the grain is grown. So time has passed. Apparently good camera shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, why does the droid have antlers on his head and a spear now? A wooden spear. Midsummer. Yeah. Midsummer. Um, yeah. And then we get the little, it's not even a post-credit scene, but it's after the climactic, you know, mid credit. Yeah. Yeah. Noble's body gets taken away. You know, Francis gets taken away. Um, they connect him to via Neuralink to Belisarius, you know, the, yeah. the general and they're like, Oh, he's not stable. We'll send him anyway. We don't want to keep Belisarius waiting. And they have this little cyberspace talk where Belisarius is, you know, gives him, more exposition um, tells him it's not good news that they found this girl. Um, you know, she's the most wanted criminal in the entire universe and you found her and she knows of us now. And he keeps stabbing his cane into the ground and making lightning shoot out of it. I'm like, is this supposed yeah. to be the Emperor? Like, is this their version of force lightning? Um, <clears throat> and, and then we get the, uh, one of the medics says, is he going to be okay? I don't know. I have no brain function or heart rate or her heartbeat hit him with everything. And then he comes oh, back. Yeah. 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 The end of part one. You're going to watch part two. I think I have to. Yeah, I think we do too. Yeah, I, I, it just, I'm so invested it just in wasn't, how fucking awful this is. It just wasn't. It did not live up to the hype. Um, Zack Snyder has failed me once again. Mm-hmm. He's failed this city. I just. Yeah. Yeah. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it's 23% for the critics and 59% for the audience. Not good. A lot <laughs> of money spent on that. Zach uh, uh, proves Zack Snyder hasn't lost his visual flair, but eye candy isn't enough to offset a storyline made up of various sci-fi fantasy tropes. Yeah, it's just not good. No, it's awful. It's really awful. And again, the amount of sexual aggression in this movie is way, way over the top for what I expected. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty exasperated. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think that's all I've got. News and trailers, then. Oh, yeah. There wasn't a lot, was there? Uh, well, I don't, not really. Not considering the time frame. Um, I still don't know what the fuck Spaceman's about with Adam Sandler. I still don't either. And I don't really care to look up what it's about. I, we'll just wait and see what happens. 
Let's see. Uh, Cult Killer with Alice Eve and Antonio Banderas. Mm. I didn't realize Alice Eve was still acting. Uh, either did I. But that she, she apparently is. Yep. I mean, she's if you go look, she's been doing stuff all along. Yeah, I guess just not big Hollywood stuff. Yeah, I'd say this this isn't fucking big Hollywood stuff either, so it makes no, sense. Not really. Uh, let's see here. In order to clear the name of her mentor, a young investigator forms an alliance with a serial killer. Mm. So there's, there's that. Yep. Uh, Land of Bad, Russell Crowe. What'd you think of that? Uh, Rus- uh, Russell Crowe, Milo Ventimiglia, Luke Hemsworth, uh, Liam Hemsworth. It's an action movie. That, that's yep. what. Says here, uh, Reaper, a USAF drone pilot, provides air support from from a General Atomics MQ-9 Reaper to a U.S. Army Delta Force team on the ground in the Philippines. After a mishap, Kinney, a young GTAC officer attached to the Delta Force team, finds himself part of an extraction team relying only on Reaper's remote air support. Yeah. Popcorn movie. You know, yeah, I'll watch it. You know, I'll watch it when it when it comes on home video. Yeah. It's not a theater one for me. No. Uh, Expats with Nicole Kidman. That's a TV series, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Is, is it? Yeah. Expats video. follows the vibrant lives of a close-knit expatriated community where affluence is celebrated. Friendships are intense but knowingly temporary, and personal lives, deaths, and marriages are played out publicly. Then retold with glee. So it's gonna be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like it's gonna be six episodes. I don't. I don't care about that. Founders Day. I watch that. Just a slasher horror flick type thing. What'd you think of the little Amazon preview that had um, uh, Roadhouse? Had some clips from the Jake Gyllenhaal Roadhouse. Yeah, I, I'm interested in that. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely interested in, in checking that out. I haven't watched the original. I haven't watched the Roadhouse movie in such a long time. That's something I need to do. But yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Uh, we found out that what we do in the shadows is ending after the upcoming sixth season. But that's very sad. Hoping we're going to get, well, I mean, we already got the original movie, so that's why I sent you six seasons and a movie. Yes, I know. I think that's funny, but we need a movie with, with these characters. Yes, I would love to see a movie. I would love to see a movie where it crosses over more than just that one little episode. Yep. Um, what do you think about that thing with the Connors is returning to air on the CW? Um, well, it's not returning. They're just going to air the reruns on the CW right. while original episodes are still going to be on ABC, which is unusual because they haven't hit the threshold for what is typically considered a syndication packet. Yeah. Why do you think they're doing that? I just think everyone needs content because the strike, mm. no one has anything to air. Fair. And it's not Roseanne. Yeah. It's the Connors. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, scrolling down through because we had a lot of just basic conversations yeah. and then just bullshit back and forth yeah daughters of the cult that looks rather interesting it's an abc uh documentary gonna be on hulu or primetime whatever it is mm-hmm. um that looks kind of interesting 
Yeah. Um, some of it looks very sinister. Some of it looks like, oh, really? Um, yep. Does it take place in the 70s? Like, it looked like it took place much earlier. I so believe just, so. At this point, is it one of those retrospectives because the cult's all gone and everything already happened? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So <laughs> we have all kinds of uh, Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse went to public domain because it's 95 years old or whatever it is. Right. Um, it's just Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse, nothing else. Right. And so we've already gotten like the a Mickey Mouse trap film is the name of a, is, is the name of it. And it's someone dressed as Steamboat Willie selling people off. Mm-hmm. And then so someone else did like a an old timey silent film that was actually quite good. And then I've seen all kinds of other fan concept stuff. So it's hard to tell what's real and what's not real. So the only actual movie I know of that's real that's coming out later this in March in like two months is the Mickey Mouse Trap film. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to I, I don't know that I'm gonna watch any of these. It's funny yeah. that they're doing it but i don't think it's for yeah. me yeah no I, I i watched the i eventually watched the winnie the pooh blood and honey because it was one of the streaming services i pay for and it was actually a lot better than i thought it was gonna be but it wasn't gold by any means yeah um american nightmare netflix documentary which essentially they're calling like a true crime series exploring a real life gone girl kidnapping where there's a woman allegedly kidnaps herself yeah um so I don't know, but that's a trailer. I'm going to check it out. That's what I want to see. What did you think of Love Lies Bleeding? Hold on. Did you skip? I may have, because I I wrote all the trailers down. Oh, oh, okay. Um, There was a uh, Battlestar Galactica. Derek Simmons set his new showrunner of the Peacock reboot from Sam Esmol. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Love Lies Bleeding. I went, that's a trailer that Mike sent me. Yeah, like, ultimately, I, I'm not saying that this is garbage. Because I'm not. I'm not. But uh, it looks, it's got, like, a cast of people in it. Yeah. Like, it's got Kristen Stewart, Ed Harris, Jenna Malone, Dave Franco. Like, it's Ed it's Harris a, with weird long hair. Yeah, bald on top, really, really long on the sides. But it's it's an upcoming romantic thriller. Um, yeah, it stars Kristen Stewart as a gym employee and Katie O'Brien as a bisexual bodybuilder. And um, it's an A24 film. Yeah, it's... it's yep. It's a movie. I'm going to check it out when it comes out on home video. Absolutely. Okay. But uh, yeah. And then the last trailer is Death and Other Details. I cannot wait for this. This looks absolutely fantastic. It's like a week, week and a half away. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yep. As soon as I heard Mandy Patinkin voiceovering it, I was like, I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about this. Yep. Part of me really wanted him to be his character, Gideon from uh, Criminal Minds, that got killed yep. off screen unceremoniously. Yep. I wanted to be like, oh, I faked my death, and now I'm solving this mystery here. But 
It's very much almost like a, a Poirot type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, she basically. Pat Patinkin, it, yeah, Patinkin plays Rufus Coatworth or Codyworth or Colworth, whatever, who finds himself in a luxury cruise liner when a locked room murder takes place. Yep, and all sus- uh, all clues seem to point to this one woman, and she says she didn't do it. Yeah. So he's like, "Well, we're gonna figure it out." Yeah, sold. So I'm, I'm. It looks fantastic. It comes out July, sorry, January the sixteenth. So one week, eight days away. Um, I'm excited for it. I sent the trailer to my wife. She's like, "Ooh, a new show we're gonna watch together." I'm like, "Absolutely." Yeah, same here. Julie got about ten seconds in. She's like, "I'm sold. Let's watch it." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, cool. The only other news I have is on a personal level, and that is that I have decided to cancel. I decided not to renew my Paramount Plus. Okay. I pay yearly. It's one hundred and twenty dollars for a year with Showtime. Mm-hmm. The only other cheaper annual plan they have is fifty nine ninety nine with no Showtime, but includes all the commercials and no live TV and da 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 da. And I'm like, that's not worth. 60 bucks a year to me or five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we just, of we, we, of all the streaming services we have, we just don't watch that one a lot. It's really the one we watch the least. Yeah. And I have not felt like I've benefited from having Showtime. <coughs> I haven't watched a ton on it. Because you haven't watched yeah, Yellow Jackets. Right. I have not. We watch like Max. Hulu, Disney, yeah. Disney Plus, uh, Peacock. Don't even watch Netflix a ton anymore. And no. Netflix is pricing itself that I almost want to cancel Netflix. Mm. Yeah. My kids watch it a lot. So my two older kids watch it a lot. So, well, yeah. at least one of them is old enough to pay for his own subscription now. Yeah. Well, he won't. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so I'm I've decided not to renew Paramount right now. Okay. If I find that oh hey, I miss it, I'll renew it. Yeah. Maybe when uh Strange New Worlds comes out. Well, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. That I mean that's I or that's King what I watch. On. Yeah, maybe. We'll let things build up and I'll grab a month and we'll watch it all. Nice. So, yeah. Anyhow, otherwise that's it for me. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm uh, Superstar Melt. I'm the Quantum Geek, G33K. That is the show this week. We'll talk to you next week.